Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Sacred Icon Halo podcast, where we talk all things Halo. We've got a lot of stuff to cover today, and we want to get right into it. Don't want to waste any time. So without further ado, I'm your host, Jovial Joshua Hargis, and joined with me, as always, is your other host, my buddy, my pal, my friend, and the Home Alone one. To my home alone, too, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Arbor. Yay! Josh is trying to cheer me up because we've had technical difficulties for, I don't know, about the last two hours or so. Um, so hopefully, as conversation goes on through this podcast, I will I will get cheery. Um, but which, which home alone do you like better, Josh? What's that? Which home alone do you like better? Two. Two? Okay, well, yeah, so you're the home alone one to my home alone. That, that works out. I like yeah. you. I, I like you. If we, if you weren't there, you know, I wouldn't be here. So that's true. Uh, yeah, so, I like home alone one better, but I do like myself. So, <laughs> but that's what we I, got today, Josh. Dude, did I tell you that I saw a meme of that and it showed the the old lady from Home Alone Two and it said, "I'm going to tell my kids this is right against the Brown." I did, and I okay. was <laughs> I was like both flattered and upset because Radagast should not have bird crap going down his face. Yeah, Hobbit movie. All right, uh, yeah, we gotta move into news right away. I don't want to waste any time. Uh, uh, first things first, guys. Uh, Microsoft, uh, the Microsoft Store, to be exact, is going to be having their final Halo event of the year with a two v two tournament of Halo Reach that's going to begin tomorrow on the fifteenth. If you're listening to this, it should be going up on the fourteenth of December. So this is going to begin on the fifteenth at one p.m. Your local time. So whichever, wherever you live, you know, provided you have a Microsoft store out there, it's going to be at 1 p.m. your time. Uh, But for any of you guys that are interested in a bit more information, maybe actually want to participate in that, you can do so by visiting smash.gg forward slash MRS Halo. What do you think about that, Brian? Is that that pretty cool? I mean, we don't really have any Microsoft stores around here. No, unfortunately. Um, We just got, I think the closest thing we have is like Best Buy's Microsoft section, which is like, Technically, is a Microsoft store kind of, but it's not the same thing, obviously. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of was waiting for you to get past that news so I could get this juicy stuff I wanted to talk about. So I kind of tuned out, kind of stared off into the distance and was Ouch. thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner later. Actually, it's going to be French bread pizza. It's going to be great. <laughs> wow. I'm hurt. And so is the Microsoft store. 
Uh, also, yesterday started the double XP weekend in MCC. So for any of you guys, you know, who haven't played Reach yet or just want to play any Halo in the MCC and get your rank up for all those sweet, sweet gear uh, stuff that you can unlock in the MCC for Reach, definitely do that. Definitely do that this weekend. You're going to want to get it in. So that's pretty cool. Are you going to play any Reach this weekend, Brian? I know you're probably going to be pretty busy, but... Um, well, I would like to. I definitely want to play some Halo uh, after the podcast. I, I've really been into uh, Halo 5 lately, both regular and Mythic Arena, which is weird because it's like Reach just came out, but I'm playing Halo 5 more. Um, I uh, I enjoy Reach multiplayer a lot, but I was having that trouble, you know, like I said on last podcast, getting in a match. I think it's working now because I got in a couple. Um, so that's good, but probably probably I'll probably jump in and get some double XP. I don't know if you mentioned that, but do you want to touch upon that real quick? Because you told me from my recollection that uh, it's something that's happening to other people too. Like they just cannot get into games in the MCC period. Yeah, it was on the top of the support forum on Halo Waypoint because um, I went because I had the problem myself and I went there. I was at the very top. People, you you get into matchmaking, you get with other people, it loads into the map and it's halfway into loading the map up and you just get kicked back to, to the main menu for several days almost a week all i could do was was that i couldn't even get in um but i played a couple days ago and i got in a few matches just fine so hopefully it's resolved doesn't sound like you know on a wide scale it's an issue so i gotcha yeah it's definitely a bummer and it's it's a bummer that you of all people that i happen to know is having this issue but i'm sure it'll be resolved soon enough i'd rather have it happen to me than you josh just with a multiplayer guy you know oh well thank you man i couldn't i couldn't put up with well that's not what i want to say you couldn't put up with another sore mcc experience so i don't know what i do man i would just i'd probably write a sad song about it or go listen to simple plans discography or something well it's the only option i mean you come to you probably come to work with bruises all over your body and you people think you have like an abusive spouse or something like no i just hit myself because mcc <laughs> wasn't working i just stare at the ground and self-pity so, uh yeah so <laughs> but anyway i'm sure they'll get that fixed in no time i definitely can't wait to play reach with you man uh, but yeah, so that's pretty cool, guys. Uh, but also yesterday, um, Halo Waypoint posted a new community spotlight, and it was really cool. I, I went through that and looked, and there is just a ton of like festive Halo themed stuff going on, like a lot of Halo Christmas like drawings and like ornaments and and just stuff like that. Did you get a chance to look at that, Brian? Uh, yeah, I did. I skimmed through it a couple times, and um, you know, I'm not even trying to give an an, an intentional shout out, but I was just like. I was just like, Kirstie's ornaments on there. That's the first thing in my mind. Yeah, that's so cool. Because so, I, I retweeted that on Sacred Icon Halo page. So She's been on there um, a couple times now, right? Yeah, and I've seen, I saw other people on there too as well that um, I stuff I'd seen on Twitter beforehand. So it really seems like Twitter's the main way to get yourself on the Halo Spotlight, uh, just from what I've seen. So Yeah, well, there's definitely a huge community on there, which is cool to see. I wasn't aware of that prior to doing this podcast with mm-hmm. you. It's, it's yeah. cool. Quite quite a big. I mean, that's it's kind of to me. It's like yeah, the best um, place for Halo discussion is, is Twitter. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Uh, yeah. So also yesterday, so a lot happened yesterday uh, on the thirteenth. IGN posted a re-review of the Master Chief Collection, and to summarize this, I wanted to take a quote stating, "Overcoming its deserved reputation after a notorious launch." Today, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, is a polished super deluxe package of content that'll successfully link three gener- or that successfully links three generations of amazing Halo games together. Uh, they gave it a score of 9.5, stating Halo MCC is like a divorced dad who stopped drinking, started going to the gym, and went to therapy to better himself. 
<laughs> that's a that's I mean it's a good way to put it. I definitely felt like like Josh definitely seemed like uh, an abused child from a drunken father the night of his <laughs> launch. So I get that. You know what I saw in my memories on Facebook today was a picture uh, back from 2014 when I was really salty about it, and it was a it was a meme of okay, so basically it was a poster of that movie Failure to Launch. And oh, it had, I, yeah, it's on you. You tagged me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I was really. Those were the times. Uh, Josh in 2014 was really going through it, but now we're on the better days. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it was really cool to see them do a re-review of that. I think a 9.5 is pretty good. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that's accurate because I would not call it perfect still, but I would say it's very very good. I'm surprised they decided to do it now because I feel like there's going to be more added to MCC like for a long time. So I don't feel like it's really at a point of, I think he just, I think Ryan McCaffrey chose to, to do a re-review now because it's at a very solid point, but plus uh, Ryan loves Halo. Yeah. I just, I feel like it's going to get ODST firefight eventually. I feel like it's going to get Halo five eventually. So we'll see. What's if they could add one thing aside from firefight from ODST, what would you want added? Well, I mean, at this point, is there anything other than, I mean, ODST and Firefight, ODST, Firefight, and, and Halo 5? Let's just inter- entertain the notion that, you know, this is like pretty much all things are possible moving forward. Is it Halo 5? Would you want them to somehow incorporate, suspending all disbelief, would you want them to get Halo Wars 1 and 2 in there? Like, what else? Um, On one hand, that would be cool. On the other hand, I mean you would have to do a separate matchmaking for those, right? Because you're not going to try to, you're not going to queue up for Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo Wars 1 and, and see which multiplayer you get. Like, that's, yeah. that's insane. I wanted to play Halo 2 and I'm playing Halo Wars 2. I don't know why I sounded like I'm like a really two-shoes country boy. No, that'd be like, dang it, I wanted to play Halo 2. Now I'm playing Blitz and Halo Wars 2. But uh, yeah. no, it's pretty they, cool they they could put easiest thing they could probably put you can launch Halo Wars one or two from the menu just like you can with five right now. I mean, yeah. you could add that, but yeah, I could see five. So, I would think five would be the next step after Fire. Maybe they can make it so that you could play Spartan Assault, the mini game, in the menu while you wait for matchmaking. <laughs> like a little mini game. Yeah, you said anything hey, possible. Wasn't the didn't the Halo Three Limited Edition have like a little mini game, like a Warhog little mini game on it? I heard I something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something like that would be kind of neat. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, but we're pretty much in, in agreement, right? Like we would want ODST's firefight to be the first thing. And it seems like the yeah. most possible thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a close call. I almost want ODST firefight as much as I wanted Reach. I, I love ODST's firefight. I don't really, I'm not saying it's fair, but I'm not really a huge fan of Reach's firefight. It's just because they give you so many customization options, which is a good thing to benefit. Like objectively, it, you know, it's probably better. But like ODSTs felt like a you're like a, a weak person against you know a crazy amount of enemies, and it just felt very like plain and simple. Or Reach, there's so many customization options. It's hard for me not to touch them because you can make it so like you fight all elites or all brutes, or you can make it so you fight everything. You can make it, you can change your, your speed. You can change your shields. You can, there's so much, so many things you can adjust in it. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I just prefer ODST's re, or uh, firefight. I had a lot of good memories with playing that with Creighton. So I thought it was, I always thought it was cool that they had Sergeant Johnson in that. I know it was a pre-order bonus, but I mean, which I bought like years later for $5. And now I play 
Well, I mean, technically, if I want to play ODST Firefight, I still go play the original, and I have Sergeant Johnson. But if they put Firefight, ODST Firefight in MCC, they have to put Sergeant Johnson in there. Be cool if they could add add, like another character or two in there too. Put like Miranda Keys in there. That'd be so cool. Miranda needs that man. Like she deserves some attention like that, dude. I can't remember, but like when you play that, if one person picks Johnson, can other people still play as a Johnson? I'm pretty sure everyone can play. I, I could be wrong. I feel like everyone. Well, yeah, it's a Johnson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, it is really cool to see 9.5 for that. I think that's very deserving. It sounds like yeah. Ryan's in agreement. And uh, it's just great to see in 2019 as we kind of head out of this year that Master Chief Collection is in probably the best state it's ever been, right? I mean, it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's just as good as it was a month ago, but now with Reach. So mm-hmm. even better. Yeah. So moving onward, uh, even though this news was prior to the everything aforementioned, you know, it took place on the 12th, the video game awards happened. Um, now, I didn't get to see this. Uh, Brian, I know. I th- well, I think you watched it. Tomorrow. I watched the entirety of it. Yeah. And Microsoft revealed the new Xbox as Xbox so unexpected. X. Yes. So very unexpected. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit about what they showed in the trailer which has to do with Halo. But before we do that, I just want to touch upon that, Brian. What are your thoughts on that Xbox Series X? Um, well, I think it's super bold that they announced it at the Game Awards. Like, you really would have thought they would have held that for their own show at E3 or something. Um, That's what I thought, yeah. You know, when, when, the, when the trailer first came up, because, like, it comes up with, like, uh, I can't remember how it starts. It shows, like, doesn't it show, like, Constellations or something? I don't know, but... Yeah, it goes, it shows like a, then it shows like a Forza car and you're like, that looks like a Forza car kind of. And then you eventually see Master Chief running to this ledge of this like mountain or canyon or whatever. And then it, it pans back to show, like, I think it shows the the console before it says the name. And I'm like, like, what is that? Cause I'm like, I'm like, they're not going to unveil the console at Game Awards. And that looks like an Xbox One X, but it's got this square. Like, I thought that it was going to be like, a different product. I thought it was going to be like a, maybe it was a streaming box for the TV or something because it wasn't shaped like a regular console. But then they go, they announce Xbox series X and I'm thinking, wait a minute, is this, is this actually a new console? Like what? I'm I'm confused. So I was actually, I actually did not know what it was for like a minute. Um, And then I realized it was project Scarlet and uh, I'm really fond of the design of the console. I like, it kind of looks like a small PC tower. Um, It's got an awesome, like, big ventilation system on top with like a green glow. Um, they just, they said they wanted to build it for power and they didn't want to compromise power by trying to make it look like a certain way. Um, and then the controller looks to be exactly the same, except with a share button and a better D pad. And they also reduced the size of it by 3%, which I thought was interesting. Uh, yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, about uh, I really like it personally. I think it actually looks like a box and, uh, you know, I, uh, I think the controller looks really cool. I, I I remember at the beginning of this generation, I think you said that you were like, man, I don't think they could make a better controller than the 360 controller. And you were pretty set on that. And then after a while, you were like, man, I think the Xbox One controller is like the best controller. And I am very fond of it. The Duke is always going to be my favorite. But I think in terms of universal use, I think I think I really liked the Xbox One and PS4 controllers. But my favorite is Xbox. Like if I... If I really was like specific, I would, I I know there's ways to do it. I would probably use an Xbox controller to play PS4 games, but it's not because I think the PS4 controller is bad or anything like that. I just really like how it feels in my hands. I really do. But, uh, but this, uh, yeah, like Brian said, uh, 
there you know you can see stuff like the there's a share button on there right next to the back and the uh start buttons it's got a bit of a new d-pad the triggers are a little bit different the size is a little bit smaller it sounds like um which i've got big hands so that's why i really like the duke but um i'm sure i'll still like this and i love that the share button's there i just how are they gonna work is it like because like how does it discern if you want to take a screenshot or a clip i mean is it just like you're probably gonna be press or hold would be my guess. Ooh, okay. Um, but what's interesting, what, what's cool is they said all your Xbox One hard, like all your controllers and everything are going to work on it. Um, and what's kind of unfortunate for me is I have the original Xbox Elite controller, which is the best controller I've ever used. It's amazing, um, which it can be used on the new Xbox. But you know me, like when I get an Xbox Series X, I'm going to want to use the new controller because it's got the share button. It's got the increased d-pad and everything and it's going to be what came with the system so i'll probably end up i mean i can use i could keep my elite controller but then the person using it won't be able to share with it unless they they'll probably put in an option where you like do some button combo i would think so just because they're they're trying to do the cross competitive stuff like it's also worth mentioning for those that don't know that the new controller for the series x is also going to function on xbox one consoles and on pcs which is i think really cool yeah i think they're i think they made i mean honestly i said it on twitter and i was like i was like you know they unveiled the new console surrounded by new games at a game awards show compared Mm -hmm. to um the announcement of the xbox one which had the online only drm you know the madden stuff the you know didn't show a lot of games they showed it at a microsoft presser um, just it shows like they they just came out and they're just like boom look at this it's the console it's a powerhouse we got games and then they show off Halo, a teeny bit just a very teeny bit of Halo Infinite and then they show off a little bit more but not much of Senua or Senua Saga oh. Hellblade, Hellblade Two Senua Saga and um, so from and we're gonna get into this but for me and Josh like well for everyone really but like first of all Halo is what people want to see when there's a new Xbox. So to have Halo Infinite there at launch is going to be so good for the system to show off a little bit of that. And then to announce Hellblade 2, which is not something I'm sure we are going to get. I know that Ninja Theory was acquired by Microsoft, but um, for any of you who've played Hellblade, it's an amazing game. I, I love it. Uh, Josh loves it too. It's, 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 I cried when I beat it. I mean, I oh. genuinely cried. Like, did you, you did, did you play it with headphones? Cause if you didn't, yeah. you failed. Okay, good. Um, because if, no, I've, I've been told if you don't play that game with headphones, it's you've seriously, and I believe it because of what the nature and of the game is by new oral sound. So, I mean, it, it's definitely, uh, I think essential just because of how it flows in the game and how it functions with her, uh, sinuous, like psychosis and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that, but I do want to say that I loved that first game. I will play this day one. Uh, provided oh, I yeah. do, and this the, is a day one game to me is that it said Senua's Saga, so it really makes it. it there seems to be an implication that this is going to be the second in a series of games, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, just it's just night and day, man. I just can't because when I saw the and I, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here. Like when the Xbox One was launched or announced, I should say, I didn't like the look of the console. I didn't like any of the games that were shown, and I didn't like the feature set. And, it, and the show wasn't particularly interesting. Now, Game Awards, that already captured my attention. I liked the look of the console. The two big games that they're showing off with it, Halo Infinite and Senua Saga Hellblade 2, two games I'm really interested in. Like, can you imagine? Like, we know Halo Infinite comes out at launch. I'm guessing 
Hellblade 2 won't come out at launch, but if it did, dude, what a killer launch that would be. That'd be so amazing. Um, so, Josh, uh, we're I'm, I'm getting the Series X the day it comes out. I mean, I'm, I'm 100%. That's cool. my plan. Yeah, that's my plan. I do want to touch upon a couple of things about that, though. Um, it is also stated, uh, WCCFTech.com posted an article with someone from Microsoft that confirmed the ability to suspend and resume multiple games at once, which... Uh, to be honest, for me, I'm like, okay, that's definitely cool for people that you are going to use that. But for me, I wasn't too often. I found myself really needing to do that. Like, yeah. I get it, it. I get that it's about getting in and out of your games faster. But I mean, it's not too often when I'm really going to be trying to play multiple games at once and in, in, in short spans so much that I'm swapping. Like, the only thing cool about cool. it, I can cool. picture, the only thing I could see myself using it for and being like, whoa, this is awesome is if I had like a Halo LAN party and we all had Halo 5 and MCC opened at the same time and we just jumped in and out of the matchmaking real quick. Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? No, no, no. That would be cool. That's a good point. That's definitely a good point. I thought that'd be cool. I mean, and it was cool. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> like I'm just going to go on record right now saying I thought it was cool so that when it is cool, I can say that and it'll be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do, uh, I do think that's really awesome. I mean, we're getting... We got a little bit of information, basically. I mean, you can go to GameSpot. I, I know they they had some exclusive information on there, uh, more about like the specifics in terms of like the RAM and, and things like that, which uh, is really really cool. So it it seems good. I love the little green glow that's at the top of the box. I thought I love that it. made me nostalgic for the OG Xbox. But I saw this on Twitter, uh, and I can't report guys whether or not this is wholly accurate or not. But I did want to take this from someone that they posted. Um, just for metrics purposes, because I like stats. In less than 24 hours, the Series X reveal surpassed Project Scarlet's tease from, East 3, from E3 in views at 3.7 million. Hellblade 2 hit 755,000 views, which was more watched than any Xbox E3 2019 trailer except Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. With uh, 22,000 likes with a 98% like ratio. So a lot of good buzz, a lot of yeah. good positive buzz coming out of that. I think that's really, really cool. Again, I can't confirm if that's accurate or not. Neither can Brian, but nevertheless, uh, I still think it's got people talking. And that's what did you think of the like when I was watching? Because I'm sure you've watched it now. When they first brought up like Senawa doing her thing, like chant or whatever, and her facial movements, dude, that was that's amazing, dude. It's incredible. Yeah, I. The, the girl who works at Ninja Theory who, you know, portrays Sanua, like, so cute and seems yeah. like such a nice person. But, uh, yeah, I thought I was just so blown away by that. Like, this, if, this is a, if this is a tidbit for, like, what we can expect from, like, Halo, or not Halo, Microsoft IPs going forward, man, am I excited. Because it's always been, what, what like, what, it's always been Microsoft had Halo, Gears, Forza. Halo, Gears, Forza. Now, if I could say, oh, Microsoft has Halo, Gears, Hellblade. Forza. Hellblade is such an awesome IP. Now, do you think they're going to release Hellblade 2 on PlayStation? I don't think they will, but Hellblade 1 is on PlayStation. So, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, yeah, think, I don't think so either. I think this is where they move forward with their exclusivity because, I mean, they know that that game was so well-received um, and they've got Ninja Theory exclusively. So, like, And I can't imagine the budget that Ninja Theory has to work with now. Like, It's got to be so exciting to be able to create the Hellblade they've always wanted probably. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Bleeding Edge, which is their next, their first game coming out, is Xbox exclusive. PC as well, I think. But um, but yeah, so I think it's I think it's easy to assume 
that it's going to be an exclusive. But dude, I got to say here, here's the only thing. Here's the only thing. And I'll pick, I want to want to get your opinion on this. Uh, here's the only thing I think that's, that's a, could be a bit of a potential issue down the road is like, okay, we're seeing Halo infinite. It's a sequel. Hellblade two. It's a sequel. You know, we're getting gears tactics next year, which is a spinoff, but uh, so not a direct sequel, but it's a spinoff. You know, there's, there's been so many rumors about a new fable that it's all, but confirmed. It feels like at this point, um, I'm sure they're they between every studio that they've hired plus their own that they have several games in the works that are completely original titles coming down the road. And I more so mean specifically for Series X. Um, but I think that could be an issue with so many sequels. I mean, I feel like that's what kind of happened this gen. You know, it's just like we got a couple. We well, we got Halo Five and Halo Wars Two. We got Gears Four and Five. You know, and most of the original titles either didn't do too well or they were more indie titles like Ori, which was very successful, but it was just more indie. So, I mean, like, could you see that potentially being an issue? And if so, do you think they really need to pump out some original uh, games? I mean, I think we all I think we all want original games, but I think the the place we're at in in, in gaming industry's history is. We're going to be getting lots of sequels and reboots forever, and we're going to be getting majority of those probably. But I think they could definitely take from Sony, and and you look at this generation like they had um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which was an amazing new IP. They had Bloodborne, which was an amazing new IP. Um, you could you could say Spider Man potentially, even though that's not a new IP. It's a new you know fresh new game IP per se, like that particular one. Um, so yeah, I would like to think if Microsoft just had one brand new IP in the works that was really good, that would be enough for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, and I know there's fans of these games and I'm not knocking them at all, but like for me, it needs to be one really good story driven game. Uh, if it's a free to play multiplayer, you know, multi- no, I, don't, I don't want something like that. So I'm just not interested. It's a triple A game, sorry, a narrative triple A game you're wanting, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's completely fair. Like if we get if we get a high budget AAA multiplayer title, like that's going to be good for a lot of people. But I don't want I don't I don't want a hero shooter or something. I'm just not interested in that. That's just no, really, and the and the industry is not catered to me. And if I don't get what I want, that's completely fine. It's just if you want to know what I want, it's not that stuff. Yeah, no, and I definitely agree 100, percent dude. Like PS4, I just had they knocked it out of the park with their narrative games this generation. I mean, I think PS4 is going to go down as one of the best consoles. It's my favorite PlayStation. And I grew up with PlayStation 1, have a lot of nostalgic memories, but PS4 is my favorite PlayStation. Yeah, it's hard to beat PS2 for me, but uh, but PS4 would definitely be very close. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I really hope to see that. And I feel like they have that up their sleeve, but who's to say whether or not they have that coming launch in terms of original IPs is anybody's guess. But I really hope that that's something that's a big focus for them, not just sequels, because excited as I am, like Halo Infinite. No matter, they could do anything. It could even be some new Star Wars RPG that's like open world or something. The main reason I'm going to get an Xbox Series X is because of Halo. Yeah. As much as I'm a Star well, Wars fan. Let's it's gonna... let's segue into that, Josh. Uh, what do you think of the little snippet? You saw the snippet, right, of Halo Infinite? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was when I saw that, my eyes got really wide. And I was like, well, am I actually seeing like new infinite footage yeah. I mean, why don't you describe for those who haven't maybe check that out what we see in those brief few seconds i mean it's basically just chief running on on what looks like a like a canyon edge i would say mm-hmm. um he's running towards this ledge of the canyon and um there's a bunch of like explosions beneath 
and uh, someone sh- he's shooting at people while he's running. I think he's getting shot at, um, and he just kind of stops at the cliff. And I mean, that's it. It's literally five seconds. I don't think anything we saw here. I don't think this is going to be in the game in any shape or form. Like we might be on a level that takes place in that area, but as far as what we were sh- shown here, I think it was just someone in three four three industries was tasked with creating a five second snippet for the yeah. Xbox Series X. Um, but if you want to go ahead and draw way more conclusions than need to out of it, we can just because it's fun. Um, a couple things to think about. Um, the explosions beneath were not like plasma or anything like that. They looked very human-esque. And I didn't see this per se, but I definitely, somebody mentioned it on Twitter. And it seemed that Chief was getting shot at by what seemed to be human rounds or human bullets. Oh, really? Um, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, alien, wasn't alien weapons. We don't know who was shooting at him. Oh. Um, so that's just a thought, um, which somebody said, oh, it could be the flood, which, I mean, that's technically true. It could be the flood. Um, but, uh, and then also people are like, oh, Chief was running while shooting. Sprint confirmed, like, Sprint's going to be in the game. I'm like, pretty sure Sprint's going to be in the game, guys. I really do think it's going to be there. But, um, yeah, I, I really, I mean, ultimately, I wouldn't draw any conclusions out of this tra- out of this thing. I wouldn't even call it a trailer. I would call it just, just something to show off for five seconds. But uh, it was really cool to see, you know, I think 343 is doing exactly what they need to do um, when they took over Halo and they got the market, the marketing train rolling with Halo Anniversary and then Halo 4. And then, like I said, Halo 5 was re- was announced eight months after Halo 4 released, which is way too, which is way too soon. I remember thinking that back at the time, how soon that was. Um, and then Halo 5 came out and MCC and all that. So basically, there was like there was like a solid almost yeah, four four or five years of 343 just marketing the hell out of. Uh, Halo and pushing Halo and pushing Halo. And I think when everyone played Halo 5 story and people were let down by that, everyone just felt really worn out of Halo. And I know I felt that way as someone who is a giant fan. And mm-hmm. um, I, I remember saying to you and Justin that like they needed to take a break on it. And they very much did other than Halo Wars 2 coming out, which was something that was already in production. Um, we haven't, we just haven't got much, you know, there's been MCC updates and stuff, but until the brief teaser at E3 2018, we didn't even know about Infinite. And then this year we got the trailer, which was definitely a significant amount more, but still was just one trailer. We still have any gameplay or any idea about the story or anything. And everyone is just satiating for more Halo Infinite news. People want to know things. People are excited. It's mysterious. And this is exactly where Halo needs to be right now. As much as I want to see, like I would love to see gameplay footage today, but I think the longer they hold off on that stuff, the better it's going to do for them. If they wait if they don't show us anything until E three. I think that'd be smart. Now I want to see it now, but I think it'd be smart. What do you think, Josh? Yeah. Oh, I know. I completely agree. Um, I think that uh, it's just one of those things where, like, yeah, you want to see so much now, but if like if we did, it would just almost kind of make the wait harder than it already is. And I also think less is more. So I think it's one of those things that, like, yeah, I'm with you, dude. I I, I don't want to wait. Like, if, it, honestly, if they dangled it right in front of me right now, like a carrot on a stick, you grab it, I would just chase after it and grab it. Yeah, because I would take it. But I know it's objectively better to just wait. Now, something I did want to ask you, though, I, I want to just talk to you briefly on when do you think we can expect a Halo Infinite beta? Well, I think so. And I don't know if they're going to call it a beta. They said flighting. I mean, they did. They technically called the reach stuff flighting. They didn't call it a beta, so it might be called a flight. But um, 
like there's one part of like typically I would say we're going to find out more about Halo Infinite in like February, March, because that's happened for all the prior Halos. Mm-hmm. Like before E3, they drop a little bit a couple months before. Um, but this time around, I'm not sure. I think they might really keep it all close to the chest. Um, now, I think they're going to flight for like networking and, and light feedback issues. I don't think they're going to do this because if you look at like with Halo 5, they did the beta a year in advance because they were coming off of Halo 4, which was notorious for having a multiplayer that wasn't that good. Um, was it a year in advance? I thought it was like in January, whereas the game came out in like... Uh, it was December, I think, Halo 5 had a beta. I could be wrong. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So Never I mind. think I think for Halo 5, they very intentionally wanted to have the time to make large changes to the gameplay of multi- Halo 5's multiplayer if there was an issue. So that like... Like, if, for instance, if everyone played Halo 5's beta and everyone was like, unanimously, I hate this game because of Sprint, I think they would have removed Sprint by the time Halo 5 came out. Like, I think it was so far in advance they could make giant changes like that. Now, obviously, that wasn't the case. People Now, I know there's a lot of people who despise Halo 5's multiplayer, but there's a lot that love it. Um, and I think... Definitely more they love it than I, I, I would say, yeah, I would say much, many more people love it than don't like it. Um, but, so they... they they released that, and and Halo 5's multiplayer went over very well. Um, so I think for Infinite, I think they're coming into it with a lot more confidence. I think they're going to do the flighting. I would say either like the day of E3, they're going to be like flighting starts now, or like a couple weeks or a month after. And I think the flighting of Infinite is mostly going to be able to te- is be there to test like networking and feedback, just light feedback. I don't think they're going to they're going to do it early enough to make giant changes. I think they're going in confident in their product and what we see from infinite's multiplayer. We don't know what it's going to be, but regardless of what it looks like, I think that's what we're getting. If it looks like classic halo, if it looks like halo five, if it looks like mythic arena, we're getting that multiplayer, whether we like it or not, because I think they're confident and I'm I'm happy about it. I I want them to be, and Josh has kind of touched on this before. We want them to give us what they want. Like on one hand, Josh and I have things that we would like for halo, but we just want to see 343 make the game that they want to make. And then we want to play it and hopefully, you know, we love it. It's that simple. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think if they were to give us a beta, I would love to see it around E3 because I, I know for them it's it's a good way to minimize showing or revealing, pulling back the curtain on the, the campaign. Still leave us in mystery, give us a little sizzle, but leave us in mystery and then put the focus on multiplayer Ooh. so we can get a... You just made a really good point, Josh. I need to say this now that you brought it up. They probably will do that because that's exactly what Microsoft did with Gears. They didn't mm-hmm. show any Gears campaign stuff till like less than a month before it released. Well, see, here's only here's only wrench in that, I think, is that, okay, for the Xbox One version, I could see that making sense. But then you have the Series X version, which... I, I mean, could be potentially different, right? And they can't really beta test that or flight it as much, not externally, right? Like, mm, well, I mean, isn't, I'm, I was assuming Xbox One players are going to be able to play with Series X. That's what I thought too. So but I think I, it's going to be all on the same kind of network. I mean, I think, I think the Xbox Series X is going to be more or less like, how do I want to put it? I kind of think the way that Xbox One went to Xbox One X it's like that, except way more powerful. Like, I think they're keeping the same architecture and the same, because I mean, that's kind of more or less confirmed. You know, all your games and accessories are going to work on it. So the Xbox Series X is more or less a third iteration of the Xbox One. But also, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a much bigger difference with, you know, 
a lot of new features and it's going to cost more a lot i'm sure um but do you feel like this is going to be like like is it fair to say you think that let's say like an iphone 5 6 7 and such that this is like like if, if xbox one and xbox one x were like say a six or and then a six s yeah. plus or something that this is like a seven yeah you know, i i've said this several times on twitter i don't mm-hmm. think maybe for a while because it's all we know we might be calling it the series x but i think we're just going to all start calling it the xbox i think as years go on it's just going to be yeah i got me an xbox and people are going to people aren't going to care i mean people might ask but people aren't going to care necessarily um what which one you have they're just going to want to know that you have it like if i say Oh, hey, Josh, you know, do you have an iPhone? You know, I want to iMessage you. Do you have an iPhone? He says, oh, yeah, I got an iPhone. Josh usually is going to tell me, oh, yes, I have an iPhone 8S. You know, he's just going to tell me he has an iPhone. And I think that's how it's going to be with mm-hmm. Xbox. It's going to be, eventually, it's going to be, there's a Series X, there's a Series C, there's a, you know, there's going to be different sets. And people are just going to say, oh, you have an Xbox. Well, I know I can play with you. Like, we both have Halo Infinite. We can both play it together, um, regardless of which model it is. So, I think it's cool. Man. That is going to be such an insane period, dude. I feel like once it gets to E3, we're going to get on this hype train that just doesn't stop until that game comes out, yep. regardless of a beta. And, uh, dude, it's going to be weird because I feel like like when I look back at it, I mean, going from MCC to Halo 5 was just, it, it felt very close together because it was. Mm-hmm. But then it feel, we've had such a gap in time that it's going to feel like that again in a new way. But like it's going to remind me, it's going to make me nostalgic for Halo 5 and MCC's release by that point. I'm yeah. going to be like, oh, I remember what this was like. So it's, it's going to be really exciting. Um, but yeah, so speaking of which, man, you touched upon Mythic. Why don't we talk a little bit more about that? Because in the in, in between the time of this episode and our last, I've got to play it finally. And you've also gotten a lot more time in with it. So why don't you tell me some more of your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll just go over it quickly because I think we've talked about Mythic probably enough in the, from the last podcast, but I just want to touch on it again and say that uh, I'm still playing Mythic. I still really, really enjoy it. I really love it. Um, I've seen a lot of feedback on Twitter and forums and people really like Mythic. I love the maps, uh, but it's kind of crazy how much I love the maps. I feel like some of my favorite maps in 5 are from Mythic, which are just you know created for Mythic and Forge. But they're like they're like reminiscence of other maps, like one that's kind of reminiscent of like Lockout and one that's reminiscent of Epitaph. Um, I feel like I'm really quite good at Mythic Arena, which is odd because I like I've stated before, I am awful at uh, Halo multiplayer. I often go negative in kills more than I go positive. But almost every match I play of Mythic, I I go positive. I go really positive actually, and oftentimes I'm. I'm first on the team, which is just weird. I don't know if that's a, that to me that this weird thing is like, I would say mythic arena is really competitive, but it almost tells me that it's not because if I'm doing that good. Um, but uh, I say the one, the one thing that I'll say I've changed my mind on since the last time we had a podcast is if halo infinite did mythic arena as their multiplayer going forward, I would be happy. I would enjoy that. I would like it very much, but Josh and I've kind of talked about it and we're I'm about to let Josh talk here. And I think that, Halo 5's base multiplayer evolved Halo's multiplayer properly, like three steps in the right direction. Whereas like Halo 4 or Halo Reach kind of just moved to the side. It didn't evolve it at all. Um, Where now for Mythic Arena, I feel like Mythic Arena evolves the Halo multiplayer forward a step or two. So I kind of looking at it like this. I'm looking at like Halo 5 base multiplayer 
has evolved it like three steps ahead and mythic arena evolves it a step or two ahead so if we got mythic arena for halo infinite i would be happy i think that'd be a good direction but i think it'd almost be a step back from five because i think five's really pushed it like i said it's really pushed it forward like it, halo 5 was a big leap forward for the franchise and, and multiplayer um so long story short before i turn over to josh i would love mythic arena for infinite but i think the right direction is to keep it at five uh five space gameplay five is just remarkably well done of course they can make some tweaks to it but what do you think josh yeah I completely agree when I okay so I finally played this and my thoughts on it are the best thing about this is the map design now not just from an aesthetic standpoint however I will say the aesthetics remind me a lot of Halo 1's maps just sort of bland and that sounds like an insult but I mean that as a huge compliment mm-hmm. because it's that's where it all started you know and I really really liked that uh, it made me feel nostalgic um, in a new way it's hard to explain but I really found myself liking the maps. I know I played a particular one that reminded me of a map from Halo 2's DLC. Um, it was one of the last ones, and I cannot think of the name of the map. But that being said, the maps in that were a lot of fun. So that was my favorite aspect of it. Um, I know you start with the BR, uh, the Halo 2 BR, and the scope, like you said in, uh, I think, the previous episode. It's the Halo 2 BR scope, which is cool. Definitely cool. Uh, the maps are smaller. Uh, they're very condensed. Uh, So it does feel like sort of what Brian said, sort of like Halo 1 and 2 kind of mixed together. It's like they sort of married and this is their their multiplayer baby. But I think it also runs uh, a couple potential issues and that that being like, yes, it's a hardcore playlist, but it's such a small map. I think it would be a lot more fun and engaging to uh, have motion sensor on. Now, that's easy for me to say because I've only played one, whereas I haven't played this one that I think would be better. But... Uh, you know, I like to play very competitively. I like to be communicative about where enemies are and stuff like that. And you can still do that by all means, but, um, you know, it's so tight quarters that I just, I found myself dying a lot and I like to play tactically and get out of cover and get out of harm's way, you know, and evade. Like, I don't, I don't like to get greedy for kills. You know, if I, if I'm shooting somebody and they manage to go around a corner, I don't always necessarily want to shoot at them. I might toss a grenade, but that's it. So in this one, it's really tough, you know, because someone might be right on you. So it, it, in one sense, it creates this, this organic, uh, feeling of keep moving. You don't want to get stagnant. I agree. You know, which is I cool. Agree. It's got a good flow to it. So I can see that being a, a good, a good I think thing. That's what I like. That, I think right? that's why I do well. at it. I think that's what I like about it is I, I kind of treat the map like a track and I just keep moving, moving, move. I don't stop moving until I see someone that I start to take shooting them. And if I kill someone, I just keep moving. I do not sit ever. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely understand that. So again, it's easier for me to to say I prefer motion sensor when I haven't played that. But just in general, I tend to prefer that. Um, I, I've just always liked that. It makes me strategize and stuff differently. But it's fun. I think it's really fun. Uh, and I just I just felt like I died too much. And, and maybe that's my own skill talking. But I just think in general, like because of the smaller maps, because it's condensed, that's um, just happening a lot more. It's, it's harder to sort of establish... Um, choke points and, and and things like that but again like brian said as someone who's more casual that's in some ways why he had a lot more fun with it also because you know it it, it had a different it creates a different flow it really does well maybe you've raised a good point as to why mythic arena wouldn't be a good direction forward because um i feel like with the base movement and no like base movement being increased and, and no um no sprint and, and the way the maps are designed it gives it very much and i know halo like we talk about arena gameplay being good for Halo, but if you think about what you define as arena gameplay for something like Quake or Doom, uh, Halo 5 Mythic Arena kind of starts to feel like that a little bit. It feels like when I play Qu- when you play Quake or Doom, 
you got to keep moving, 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 moving. There is no stopping. There is no crouching behind a corner because the, the, the openness of the maps and the speed in which people are moving, the goal is quick movement. So if they went in the direction of mythic arena too much, it might start to feel a little, little different than your typical halo. Cause like people do like to, to, you know, hide behind walls, camp, um, scope out with the sniper and stuff. Like I, there is a sniper in, I'm pretty sure there's a sniper in one of the levels for mythic, but like, it feels like you have to run around, like you have to run around with the sniper, like shooting rapidly. Like it doesn't feel like there's anywhere you can just sit and do that. So, you know, maybe honestly, you know, wouldn't it be cool, Josh, is if, you know, we get Halo Infinite's multiplayer and just at launch, there's a mythic playlist. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, no, no, no. I mean, we, we talked about that before. And I think it's one of those things that, like, in a perfect world, we would just get every kind of aspect we want and that being like a mix of that stuff. But I don't know if realistically if that'll happen. However, I think that could, and I think that would be awesome. No. So that way people who like the base type stuff get that. And then the people who are like, yeah, I don't like that. Well, they got you covered too. But I do want to say, speaking of that, I think I, I, I dude, I completely agree. I think, and I think if you took away the shields aspect, that it would start to feel a bit more like an actual arena shooter. I don't mean arena in the Halo sense. I mean arena as in Doom and, and Unreal Championship and things like that. Because yeah. here's the dichotomy. Here's the dichotomy this game create or this uh, playlist creates is that with sprint being removed, your base speed is increased. So again, it's creating the sense of you could still move around fast. You're not sprinting. You're not moving as fast as that, but you're moving still quite fast. And it creates that ebb and flow energy of like, okay, let's not get stagnant. Let's just keep it going and. And uh, you're you're dying a lot, you're killing a lot, and it's fun, but it's sort of like it almost feels like uh, running around with a, like a, like a chicken with its head cut off, you know? Like it's just it doesn't have. I'd be interested to see how it would work in like big team battle because right now a lot of the reason that this speed's being noticed is because all the maps that came with Mythic are small. Mm-hmm. We were like in a Valhalla, and everyone was moving at that pace. How would that feel? Could feel really cool. Could feel odd. I don't know. I think I yeah, like it. That's hard to say. I, I would definitely be open to them trying that, but I agree too. I think this is not the direction I would want Halo Infinite to go in. Um, I think I think it just needs to go ahead. Did you want? I'll, to just, I'll go on record saying that I would be satisfied if this was Infinite's direction, but I would choose Halo 5's base, where Josh is much more like I'm really okay with it being uh, Mythic Arena, but I think Josh is saying that would kind of disappoint me. I want it to be five for sure, right? Yes, okay. I, and I personally, I feel this way because I think this would be taking a step back. I think you I need agree. to just keep moving forward. And the fact that Halo 5's multiplayer was received so well, uh, I mean, I, I think it's even fair to say that it was received well than a Bungie game like Halo Reach's multiplayer, which is by all means mm-hmm. fun and, and yeah. good. But I think Halo 5's was just so so great. It was what it needed to be. Yeah. And we didn't know that until we played it. But uh, I look at Mythic as something that is is very fun and somewhat nostalgic it is a force awakens multiplayer to a halo one and two you know a new hope you know or, or something to that effect if that makes That's sense like and, and i love Wars comparisons <laughs> I, I i yeah i have to get one in but i i love force awakens so that's not an insult i think this is incredibly fun i really do i just think it's more it's it's less it's got original elements in it but i think it's it's more of a spiritual successor to what to the halos that make us nostalgic as opposed to heading into a new direction and taking us into a new era of halo. And I just think it's important that we keep pushing forward. I think it's okay to look back, but it's important in general to just keep. Josh, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this in a little different direction than you had intended. We kind of had it uh, planned out what, where we were going to go 
in this podcast, but I think I'm going to skip ahead to, because it, it's so on topic right now. Um, I want to talk about critical analysis a bit. And the reason I'm skipping ahead to this is because of two things. One, we just, we just talked about Halo 5's multiplayer, which is a contested thing. You mentioned Force Awakens, which also makes me think of Last Jedi and how those are both contested. And we just want to talk, I kind of just wanted to, I don't really have a proper direction. Uh, I wanted to take this conversation, but I thought it'd be a really good conversation to talk about. It's something that I've thought about a lot and just haven't had a, a, time, a good time to talk about it with someone. And I think this will be interesting to people listening and I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. Um, so basically, you have things that are pretty universally loved. Halo's original trilogy, um, the Star Wars original trilogy. Um, and then you have things that are constantly contested, constantly there's there's criticism for them. Um, Force Awakens got a lot of criticism for being uh, just a rehash of A New Hope. The Last Jedi got a lot of criticism for several things, whether it be um, having... Um, reveals not be that interesting, like Ray's parents being nobody or having uh, interesting character directions with like Luke or, you know, Canto Bite not being something that people enjoyed. You know, we've, we've been over this stuff a million times. Like it, it's, it gets to this point where people know the words that are coming, about to come out of my mouth because they've heard the argument so many times. People didn't like Halo 4's multiplayer, heard it a million times. Halo 5 doesn't have a good story, heard it a million times. Like we've, we've talked about these things to death. That's why Josh and I, you tend to err on the positive side of things more because, um, you know, we've heard these criticisms a million times. And um, also we think there's a lot more to love and celebrate in Halo and in Star Wars and, and, and in these things than there is to, to hate. Uh, we think they bring much more joy and positivity than they do uh, problems. But um, I guess, I guess, so kind of what I want to ask you, Josh is like, for instance, um, like, Halo 5, we've talked about this. Halo 5, we both love the multiplayer. We love the gameplay. We did not like the story. Um, that's not anything new. Um, but we both still like Halo 5 as a product, as a whole, and we're okay with it. And we're, we're, we're how do I want to put it? We're, we're accepting of it. Now, you get in this position where people say, okay, well, if you're accepting of something, if you, if you, if you like everything, you're just a shill. You're just a, you can't ever admit to not liking something, which I think there are cases of that. I think there are people that will just love something so much that they'll refuse to accept there's something wrong with it. I don't think that's the case that Josh and I are in. I think we very much can realistically talk about our criticisms and things we don't like. Um, you know, I was really, really put off by Halo 5 story when I first played it, but I've come to accept that it is the story that's been told. I've come to appreciate more of the things I do like, like Halo 5's multiplayer and the gameplay. And I've, I've just come to accept that, uh, you know, things are the way they are. So I'm not saying that um, Halo 5 story is good now. I'm still saying I don't think it's that great. But I'm saying that I've accepted it. I, I respect the game for what it is, and I'm moving forward on that. And I'm going to kind of let Josh talk here. Um, and, and I know this is a Halo podcast, but I, I want him to use Star Wars as an example because Star Wars is more his thing. Um, as far as last, like when Last Jedi came out, so I, I kind of want Josh to give his opinions on how he felt when Last Jedi came out and where he has where he's at now, acceptance level wise. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. Well, I, I think I'm gonna just before I kind of answer yeah, go ahead. that directly, I just want to kind of cover uh, a bit of what you said prior. I think honestly, what this all comes down to 
like when you said specifically like how we tend to touch uh, just in general i think the, the community tends to touch upon like four and five and stuff a lot more in terms of criticisms and stuff and the back and forth of it all i think what it comes down to is the fact that when the previous games came out we were young we got older these games came out and we got older we became more self-aware we became more critical because all those older games that we grew up with became nostalgic for us whereas at the time we took them as they were and instead of taking a lot of this newer content just in general outside of halo even we tend to look at it under a microscope uh, i think that's why you see a lot of youtube channels with a lot of guys and girls but i do notice it's, it tends to be more men that, that tend to go uh, very analytical in terms of like new content and sometimes they're very upset and they want to tell you why they're upset and uh or you 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 see a lot of that that uh knee-jerk anger uh on the internet you know just because so many you know when a movie came out back in the day you had expectations in your head but you went in and you were usually like blown away and even if you were disappointed uh it wasn't so much to do with your own expectations getting the better of you you didn't know what to expect nowadays we have this uh we have the internet and you can see all that stuff everywhere. And uh, we, when we don't have it, it feels like we're waiting a while and, and we get this drip feed and we start to uh, salivate over it. And, and, and it's cool, but at the same time, it, it, we look at things under a microscope and we just didn't do that before. And it makes us, it causes knee jerk reactions. It manifests uh, opinions before a game is even out, before a movie's even out. Uh, and I'm guilty of that, you know, in general. Uh, I think everybody is. So, but bringing it back to what you said, I, I think what it comes down to is, uh, you know, Force Awakens already, I think, from the outset looked like it was going to borrow elements from the original trilogy. I mean, like, you know, having the Millennium Falcon in there and, and things like that. And you saw uh, Finn, who is a stormtrooper, even though the design's different. I mean, it already had like on paper, some elements that were borrowing from the OT, you know, like you don't like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, when you look at like the prequels to, to the original trilogy, you don't see as much, uh, it's guess, way different aesthetics, similar aesthetics. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does get that way by the end of it. I think by the end of revenge of the Sith kind of going into a new hope, but, uh, this one was borrowing elements from that. And I don't think that's bad. I think it, I think it makes sense, especially like the, the whole story arc they've told of just what happened after return of the Jedi, I think is, is good. I think it's well done. I, am I interested? Would I, would I love to see what uh, Lucas's vision would have been for seven, eight, nine? Yeah. Yeah, I would have, but I think it's great. I think they've done a great job with it in a way that's plausible. It feels like it makes sense. And when you get to last Jedi, I think the problem is with that is that it subverted expectations. Now, whether or not you like this movie, whether or not you don't like this movie, I think, uh, it, it, that aspect doesn't matter. I think what it comes down to is just that, um, whether it's Halo, whether it's Star Wars, we live in an age where, uh, our expectations are on a high. And some of these things, there's so many sequels, there's so many reboots and remakes, and these things get looked at under a microscope. And, and so little content is original. And even then when it's original, is it going to be as good as what we, as why we're still in this franchise? Like is Halo Infinite, where we might be more critical of Infinite, you know, e even just these little couple seconds that we got in that uh, Series X reveal, you know, because... Oh, is it going to be as good as Halo 5's multiplayer? Is it going to be as good of a story as Halo 4? Rather than just accepting it on its own as it is. Mm -hmm. So I'll bring it back to you. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? What I said? Yeah, I think, I think, I think just to clarify, like, you know, so when I played Halo five, I was upset with the story. I was unhappy when Josh watched the last Jedi, he was upset with the direction of it. He was unhappy. Is that fair to say, Josh? Yeah, I, I'll say this real quick and I'll bring it back to you. But, uh, you know, I did have a brief period where I felt angry. 
Yeah, I'm that's fine. I'm accepting okay, now, yeah. but I will say that the, the the problem was is that when it got to the Canto Bite scenes, and I, I actually really like Canto Bite uh, just from an aesthetic standpoint, but when it got to that point internally, I was asking myself, "Am I having fun? Like, I don't know if I'm enjoying watching this." And it was the first here. time as a Star Wars fan. Five, yeah, same here. Yeah, as a, as a Star Wars fan, it was the first time I ever found myself thinking that I was usually so sucked into the story that I wasn't aware that I was playing a game within a television screen, within a room, within a house, you know, if that makes complete yeah. sense. So with Star Wars, it was the same way. So but anyway, back to you, bud. So, yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, our initial reactions to these things were not, were not good. Uh, we, we were disappointed, um, but, you know, we've come to accept what they are and we've come to see, we're the kind of people that want to look for what's good and, and things because it, but selfishly, we want to enjoy the content that we that we get into, you know, we want to enjoy it. So, Josh and I, and this has happened over time. This isn't something we've always we haven't always been this way, but we want to take the things we love and and look for all the best parts of them. So I, you know, I I started to look at Halo Five and I started to look at all the things I loved about it. I love the multiplayer. I loved a lot of the campaign level design. Um, you know, like the St. Helios level was amazing, um, and. You know, I, I like the gameplay and stuff. So I, I started to get to this point where I'm just like, okay, there's a lot to like about five. We've been over what's what's bad with it. And I've just come to accept that I like Halo 5. I'm, I'm a fan of the game. I enjoy it. I'm glad Halo 5 exists. And that's not me saying that the criticisms aren't there, that there's not problems. It's not me trying to turn my cheek and saying, oh, I'm a Halo fan. And, and the only way to be a Halo fan is to like everything Halo. Like, that's not true. But... I've just made it my my mission to to like things as much as I can. If somebody comes and asks me and says, hey, Brian, do you have any problems with Halo 5? I'm say, yeah, sure. You know, you want to talk about it constructively? Sure. Um, I'll tell you what I don't like about Halo 5. But I like Halo 5. I enjoy Halo 5. I'm glad it's here. And I can let, I'll let Josh go into this a little bit more himself. But for like Last Jedi, um, and it, of course, I had problems with Last Jedi as well too. But uh, Josh is the bigger Star Wars fan. He, it, was, it meant mu- much more to him. And he was upset with The Last Jedi. He didn't like the direction it took. But now, in this overall arcing sense, he likes The Last Jedi. He's glad it exists. He he's look he looks at the positives of what it is, and he's found enjoyment in it, despite the criticisms he initially had still being present. What do you, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think it really just comes down to the fact that you have to... You have to just take a step back and remember that at the end of the day, these are movies, these are games. And even though it feels real to us, um, you know, we got to remember why we first fell in love with this stuff. And, you know, when it comes to The Last Jedi, I think there are so many positives to this movie. And I, I, I know that people out there have said that, that it's their favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. You know what? Uh, the best, best way I can describe this is that when The Last Jedi come, came out and people said things like that, I was, I felt heartbroken. And when I saw those comments, I thought I'm really happy for them because I, I wish I felt that way. And when I realized I didn't, it was, it was tough because it just, I I couldn't tell what was going on. If this meant, am I getting older to a point where I'm just going to be so critical? I can't enjoy these things for what they are. Is it just this movie? Was it my own expectations? And you're trying, you're having sort of an identity crisis trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think even with halo five, I mean, I felt that way from the, the, the beginning cutscene because like, I think the opening cutscene to halo five's campaign is incredibly cool. I love that. It's there. I think the problem with it, uh, is that there's no context to what's going on. Who is Locke? Who is Olympia Vale? Who is 
Tanaka, who is Buck, you know, and even though we know Buck, um, why is he a Spartan now? You know, and it, it, it was, I mean, we've touched upon this before, but I think it's, it, it just didn't have the exposition it needed. And I think with, I think with the last Jedi, uh, it, here, here's the thing with that really. And I think I could be wrong, Brian, but Tom, you can correct me in this when I'm about to say this, because I'm honestly not sure, but with last Jedi, this is the first film in the Skywalker saga to ever take place immediately after a previous film. Now, yeah. Halo 5 doesn't feel like it took place much, very long after Halo 4. Is that correct? I mean... Like, I honestly don't know. I mean, there's there's a comic that shows, like, Chief, like, having to fight the Didact again. And then right. there's, he, like, he meets with Lord Hood and he gets back with Blue Team. So, there are things that happen. Between, so, I would say it's less immediate than The Last yeah. Jedi. But... Okay. Um, but I, mean, I do want to say, if I can, just to more so get on point with what you were saying, like, yeah, I think it's good to really look at the positives of this stuff because you know what? I can fully admit part of the reason I didn't like Last Jedi out the gate was my own expectations. No. I wanted to see Luke Skywalker, you know, wield his green lightsaber and either duel somebody with it or use some crazy force powers. And to be fair, he did, but it wasn't in a way that no. felt satisfying and, and earned to me. And, uh, you know, when I saw him ignite his lightsaber standing there with kylo uh he dodges a couple times and in, just never actually uses it and I, I was sad i was sad about that and i can fully admit that on its own that part is objectively cool that is by far the most powerful force power thing we've ever seen mm-hmm. in a star wars movie but it you know i was bummed because i didn't get what i wanted and i needed to distance myself from that so getting back to halo i think in the case with halo 5 I can honestly say, Brian, I love Halo 5. I do too. I, I, I Dude, I can honestly even say I enjoy the story. I, I actually... I In like a way, it. I get what you're saying. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's an acceptance thing, you know? It's like, I know what Halo 5 story is. I know what's going to happen. I know it's downfalls. Absolutely. I know it's... And I'm just going to go play it and have fun because I can just accept it, you know? And yeah. I, I think and, it's great that that we've come to this point of acceptance. And let me, let me clarify just for those that maybe have been thinking this the whole time. If someone says they can't stand Halo 5 or or they can't stand Halo 4, they can't stand The Last Jedi. Or maybe they say, you know, I quit watching Star Wars movies because of The Last Jedi. I quit watching, or I quit playing Halo because of Halo 5 or Halo 4 or whatever. That's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're not telling you that you're in the wrong for not liking everything that's shoveled out to you. You have every right to not like something. You have every right to not play something. I think that's completely fair. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any superiority here that Josh and I are able to find no, positivity all. in these things. I think it's just a different outlook. And it's not that our outlook's better per se, because there's even though it's a positive outlook, there's no reason you should have to like something you don't. So if you don't like something, that's fair. I'm just I'm just talking about Josh and I's own experience, looking deeper into the things we didn't like and being able to find positives out of it and, and seeing how that's been beneficial to us and seeing how we've really we've really enjoyed that process um i mean i do want to say if i can chime in go ahead uh, ahead, josh with with halo and stuff like that just in general guys i mean if if i could give if, if someone was to ask me for advice about this the one thing i would say is just that try to remember that you know that the reasoning behind you being so upset about an aspect is because you love it so much in the first place to care to, to be so upset or to be so disappointed means at its origin that you care, that you care so much about this, you know, t- to be good and that it didn't live up to maybe what you wanted. But a lot of people worked on that. A lot of people 
put time and effort and lost sleep and missed time with their loved ones. And you put yourself in that position and you, you have to think that these people wanted so much for the game to be so well received. There's someone who wrote that script. There's someone who storyboarded it. There's someone they who came up it. with they it. They did it because they, yeah, loved and they, it. they loved it and they felt good about it. And you have to remember that there was somebody out there thought this was a good idea. And, and so that, you know, it, I think it's the kind of thing that we just have to reevaluate at times. And, and it doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to come around to it. But I think at the end of the day, it's cool to care so much that you can be disappointed by something. And that makes it when I think when you, you look at it like that, I think it makes it easier to accept something as it is. Even as far as mass effect, that game I followed from its origins to when it came out. And I am one of the only few that feel like it turned out a lot differently than some of the footage we were shown prior to its actual release. And it disappointed me what we got. Yet at the same time, I think Mass Effect is amazing in this crazy, insanely good trilogy that's just so great. Like on its own, I love the Mass Effect game. But I do, in some ways, I was more excited about some things that didn't make it into the final game. So, but on its own, it's fun. And I realized at the end of the day, I care so much because I'm excited for it and I love it. And if I didn't care, I wouldn't feel that way. You know, so I, 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 if someone, if I was trying to convince somebody, which is not our intention here. We're just really just trying to think out loud. <laughs> but my opinion is just to just to remember that you love it in the first place. Like there's there's things to love with Halo Five for sure. So you know? so how do we so how do we take what we what we've learned and our different you know opinions on this topic and move forward? You know we have the Rise of Skywalker comes out in about a week and Halo. Yes, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really excited. And the thing is, you know, me and like I said, me and Josh had a lot of problems with Last Jedi, but we're really stoked. For the Rise of Skywalker, and that's I think you can take that two different ways because Josh is a huge Star Wars fanboy. That's fair to say, right? Can I say that? Yeah, I love the Star Wars. Okay, so and I'm less so, but I'm and but I'm also really excited for Rise of Skywalker. And then in a year, (laughs) Josh is dancing all over right now. It's crazy. Um, And then Halo Infinite comes out in a year. So taking what we've learned from these these past iterations of, of games and movies that we didn't care for. How are we going to approach these things going forward? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go. I'll let Josh kind of speak to Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to speak more to. No, we can focus on Halo. Well, I, I love talking well, Star Wars I'll, too. But yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to speak on Halo Infinite. I want you to kind of speak on Halo, Rise of Skywalker after this because this whole critical analysis section. Um, the reason I want, I mean, I want Josh to talk about Star Wars because I want it to be. I want to be able to compare it to more than just Halo, and I think that that's fair enough. I think that Star Wars is in a really similar position to Halo in that same way. You got a lot of people that are. You know, Disney Star Wars fans, haters, or or, or um, prequel haters, or or whatnot. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, so Halo Infinite's coming out in a year. Um, we've talked extensively as a community about what we want for that game. You know, but it could go so many different directions. So many different things could happen. Maybe you want classic multiplayer. You want Halo Two Three multiplayer. Maybe you want Halo Five multiplayer all over again. You one we might get one of those. We might get neither of those. We could hate the multiplayer. Um, the campaign could go in so many different directions. Maybe we're still fighting evil Cortana and a bunch of uh, AI enemies. Maybe we're fighting Prometheans the entire game. Maybe we're fighting the Banished, and that's awesome. Maybe we're fighting uh, the Flood. We're fighting some amalgamation of several different things. The story could go in different directions. Maybe the pilot dies in the first campaign mission. Maybe he becomes one of the biggest characters in the universe. I mean, there's just so many different directions that it could go. And I can say one thing for sure. There's one fact I know about Halo Infinite story and multiplayer 
I know already, it's going to disappoint people. It's going to happen no matter what. There's people who are disappointed in Empire Strikes Back, and it's known as one of the greatest Star Wars films and films ever. Um, so be prepared to not, like I'm prepared to not like things because things aren't going to go the exact way we want them to go. And um, I'm just going to try my best to to fixate on the positives, to fix on the things I really love about Halo Infinite. And you know what? If there's if there's if I don't like it, that's okay. If you as a listener, if you if you play Halo Infinite and it just did nothing that you want and you hate it and you quit playing it and you swear off Halo forever, I think that's completely fair and acceptable. I just think we should even if you don't follow the same kind of look for the positive thing that me and Josh are doing, at least be like respectful about it. At least be constructive about it because you know, it's just the people who are making Halo Infinite right now, they love Halo. They, they want it to be good. They want it to be successful. People who are making Rise of Skywalker, they love Star Wars. They want it to be successful. So if you come out of there with, you know, either slight nitpicks or giant monumental things you hate about it, feel free to express that. Feel free to be like, you know what, Halo Infinite, I really liked the multiplayer, but I think the story was the worst one yet. I just, I personally didn't enjoy it. That's fine. I, I think it's perfectly good to express that thought. Tell people that. Tell the studio, I did not like this direction. But do it in a way that's 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 kind. Do it in a way that's just you expressing your opinion. Now, if it, whenever, and I think you'll notice this, and I might, I might regret saying this, but I think it's, I think it's okay. I really do. When I run the Twitter, if people give me a comment that is just negative in every way possible and it's very disrespectful. I just don't respond. And it's not because I don't want to. It's because I just don't think that we're going to gain much out of it. You know, I don't think there's much constructive there. You know, if if the comment is everything 343 makes is dog shit, I just can't entertain a conversation because that's just it's so hyperbolic and it's so unfair. So yeah, it's so unfair. Now if if you yeah. told me if you told me everything 343's made, I didn't care for. I'm I'm great. I'm open to having a dialogue with you. I'm open to talking to you about that because that's fair. It's fair to not like anything three four three's done. That's that's completely acceptable. But when you just when you when you make a sentence like that, when you make a statement that's so you know cruel and just you know disingenuine, you know there's just not much to entertain there. I'm not even like I don't even see you as like it's not like I have a problem with that person. It's not like I see them as any less of a person than I do. It's just how do we entertain that conversation? How do we move forward with that? when we start like that. You know what I mean? Um, so Josh, if you can kind of take it over, you can cover things I talked about, or, but mostly another thing, I just want you to kind of take what I talked about and apply that to Rise of Skywalker a bit, you know, just kind of take it where you want it. Yeah. I think deep within every one of us, this is going to be a bit philosophical, but I think deep within all of us within. is this sort of, yeah, we have this sort of ingrained uh, desire to have, things be just like the things we fell in love with, like to be like a 2.0 version of it. You know, like maybe you feel like Meteora isn't as good of a Linkin Park album as Hybrid Theory. That's my favorite one. Maybe you feel like Meteora. That's my favorite Linkin Park album. Okay, cool. But yeah, maybe you feel like Let It Be isn't as good of a Beatles album as Sgt. Pepper. Maybe you feel like Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, isn't as good as Jurassic Park 1. Completely fair. And maybe... Maybe there's overwhelming uh, opinions on why one is better and it seems to be more of a fact than it is uh, not in just opinion, you know, but I think we all want these things to like with music, 
you know, you sometimes like you'll hear people say, oh, their music isn't as good nowadays as it used to be. Well, in some ways, that's because we got kind of nostalgic over what we why we fell in love with them. And we just want like a sequel. We want what feels like a sequel of that sound. And maybe they decided, hey, we're going to change it up and try something different. And I think that applies to movies. I think that applies to video games. I think it applies in every aspect. But I think in order for growth, just in general, in life as people and any kind of media, um, you have to step into unfamiliar territory at times because we're going to react differently than how we would if with something we're familiar with, you know, I think that's going to stunt growth. And I think, uh, it's good to keep an open mind about this stuff. And you know what, like Brian, you said for people that might just be completely one-sided and negative, those people, and I know you'll agree with me, those people are just as much a Halo fan as someone who's very positive, who's loving of it. There's no, one person's better, this other person's on a, a pedestal or anything like that. There's nothing like that. And there shouldn't be if there is. Like if, if somebody makes one of those comments, like, you know, just everything 343 makes is shit. Like if somebody makes a comment like that, I still want you to be a part of the Halo community. I still want to talk to you. I still want us to have conversation. It's just how do I how do I now have a conversation with you when it starts like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It makes it it makes it a little more difficult. And uh when it comes to that kind of thing it's just, yeah, you might feel frustrated. You might feel betrayed, but again, this is just, these are games and these are movies and it's okay to not like this stuff, but we have to sort of take a look in the mirror when we let ourselves get so upset. Like with last Jedi, there's a guy on, I I don't know if it's still up, but there is a guy on YouTube that took a Rose Tico toy and just recorded himself breaking her. And that is the most man baby attitude I have ever seen. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous to get so upset about that. You just you have to walk away if you let something bother you like that that much that you're so angry that you're going to do incredibly like childlike childish things just immature. I'm just thinking of the actress who plays Rose, like if she sees that stuff. And we've already we've seen like online posts about her how she suffered from that stuff and it's like I think she is so cool. You know what? I'm not the biggest Rose fan. I'm not but a I character think, at all. I think Kelly I think Kelly Marie Tran is awesome. Yeah. You know, and even though I, I didn't really um her subplot per se didn't really do much for me. I know it had some undertones that meant a lot to people. And those people should be those people's feelings are completely valid. Just because I might, just like what, you know, Brian often says a lot that I'm more of a Star Wars fan, just because I read the books, comics, games, you know, just because I consume all the material, just because I consume about maybe 90 more percent of it than Brian does, doesn't make me any more of a Star Wars fan. It might feel that way. It might, but it doesn't. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, I, I'm really glad you brought that up too, Josh. It's like, I, I see Josh as a much bigger Star Wars fan because he's more emotionally invested. He's put more time and thought into it. He's read more. He's invested himself more. But saying that... That doesn't mean that my opinion of of Star Wars is any different, any uh, less valuable. And that's what it, I mean. If I if I say Last Jedi was the best direction for Star Wars to take, and Josh says the exact opposite, he doesn't get to have more credibility points. Exactly just because he likes Star Wars more. My opinion is just as valid. Yeah, and you know, just like with Halo, you know, Brian, uh, like I, I've still come around to it. Like I, I I enjoy it a lot. I think it's really good, but there's still aspects of it I don't like. But Brian loved it right out of the gate. You know, Halo Four story. So. Um, and just because this guy is night and day a bigger Halo fan than I am does not give any more validity to his opinion being the fact or the be all end yeah. all statement on that conversation. So I think when it comes to like Rise of Skywalker, I think, you know what, 
I have gone back and forth. It has been a very stressful week to be a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. and uh, because it's been so exciting and expectations and uh, this conclusive aspect to it. But uh, I've gone through sometimes feeling like I'm going to be disappointed, like I'm going to be underwhelmed. But when I sit back and I, I see a little bit of footage, I instantly realize the sole reason this is happening is because of my own expectations. Yeah, there might be something I've heard about that's not that there's going to be in there that I think mm, don't agree with, or there's something I'm looking for that might not be in there. And I'm like, oh, come on, this should be in there. But when I see it as it is, I'm excited, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? As soon as I hear that music, as soon as I see a lightsaber, as soon as I just it's exciting as as I get that feeling. It's exciting and it's fun to be excited. And I get lost in that world. Or you see that opening crawl, or you hear that John Williams score. You know, and with Halo, you hear that, you know, that uh Gregorian uh chant, chant, you yeah. know, that monk chant, yeah. And you 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 hear the piano chord and you it, what, like I put it this way, when I saw those brief few seconds of Halo Infinite, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like my old friend I haven't seen in a while. That's why, and that's why, dude. that's why I saw on Twitter everywhere, like people, and I, I, I think it's funny actually. People are making fun of they're like, oh, Halo fans, five second clip. What does that rock on the left mean? You know, it's true though. We just get so passionate about, it. we get so excited about. It. Yeah, I think it's and that kind of thing. I think it's fun to do a little bit of teasing for because it's just like, yeah, we we're all guilty of that with our own respective like fandoms and stuff. Like it, it's definitely a thing. Like I remember all the video reactions to when Han Solo first showed up in that uh, Force Awakens teaser, and it's all these adult men just crying. And by all means, it's completely okay to cry. I cried at the end of Senua's sacrifice. I bawled. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, guys, like, come on. Like, yeah, Han Solo's back. But, you know, you have the part of community that's like, come on, guys. Then you have the other community that's like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is a big deal. This is Han yeah. Solo. And then, like, when you see Chief, those people who don't say it, like, who who mock the, like, whole, like, oh, you just saw him for five seconds. It's like, you don't understand. This is Master Chief. Yeah. We haven't seen him, so like, passion. in four years. You know, and I think, too, what it comes down to, uh, whether it's Halo, whether it's Star Wars, anything else is, like, Sometimes I'm going to put it like this when it, Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. And the adventures I remember sharing with the people in that game is unlike what I can recall ever sharing uh, when, when it comes to games that let you have party members and just getting just talking about it is like makes me a bit emotional thinking about it because I remember like Garrus Garrus was like my best friend in that game uh, just through all three. But I really felt it in that second game. And when I think about not playing that game, it's like, He's a best friend I haven't talked to in a long time and I miss him. And when I go back to that game, he's there. And I, I think I feel the same way when I see Luke Skywalker, when I see Master Chief yeah. and I've, I've been with him through these experiences and they me um, that when I, I it strikes a chord with me when I see that stuff, all of us, Brian, anybody. And dude, I, it's easy to get upset. I have to say on, on this topic that you're talking about, yeah. dude, to talk about how much someone loves a character. I was watching, I, I wasn't a Mass Effect fan when Mass Effect 2 came out. I was watching my buddy play Mass Effect 2 and he got to the ending sequence and Garrus died. Mm-hmm. And he gasps, stands up out of his chair, walks up over to the Xbox and presses the power button. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. turns back to me. He's just like, Garrus is not dying. <laughs> yeah. And he just replayed it all, dude, because that's how it's. Oh, I get it. Uh, Morden, in my first playthrough, Morden died. And then I actually, when I went back and did my like perfect playthrough, I made sure I had a guide, like a, a picture brought up of how to make sure everyone lived. But yeah. So, uh, you know, these characters and these, these games and stories strike a chord within us. And it all sounds cliche and like incredibly corny. 
but it's because they mean something to us. And yeah, it's easy to get upset when something doesn't go the way you expect or you hope. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just have to keep an open mind about that stuff. I mean, I don't mean to beat a dead horse when I say that, but it's it's so important going into Halo Infinite, I think, is is important too. Like, am I personally excited? Is Brian personally excited with just about everything we've seen so far? Yeah. The only nitpick I think both of us have is the 117 on the chest. And I'll tell you right now, Brian, I think that's cool now. It's, gro- it's that growing on, podcast me. Ago. It's grown on yeah. me. And, and it's just, I think it's they the can make it thing. look iconic. I think it can become iconic if it stays there. All yeah. Enough. You know what? Because I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Okay. Spartan Joshua 029. Okay. If I had that on the chest, I would love for your Spartan who might not know me sees that and goes Spartan 029, you know, yeah, get in line, you know, or something like that. Like it's just an easy way to do that. You, you're not going to know I'm Spartan Joshua yeah. without that. So I, I think it makes sense. But anyway, my point is, is that like it, when, when you're open-minded, it's easier to accept the things you might not agree with. And even though it might still bug you in the back of your mind, like it's easier to just take in what people made the product they give you and just enjoy consuming it. And I would say, let, let your, let yourself, let yourself think the things you think though. Like, like you, Josh just, you know, I feel like you just made a good point there, but if they do have a problem with the movie, go ahead and admit it. Like, go ahead and say you have a problem with it. There's yeah. no reason to convince yourself that you loved Canto bite. If you didn't like it. I mean, just say, Hey, you know, I went to go see a star Wars movie. I was disappointed about this. Didn't like it, but I did like these things move forward. I, I want to be clear about Go ahead. Clear Josh. about this. I want to say that like, it, it, I'm trying to think of how to word this. I think it, it it's okay to dislike something and to be disappointed by it. And now hate is a very strong word. So if we're to look at this in its most definitive value, I think it's not okay to hate something like that because when you do get to that point, it's going to affect how you talk about it. Two people who might not have ever played yeah, it. I guess hate if you really get down to the root term. You're going to, yeah, you're going to force a subjective opinion on the people. And I mean, look, realistically, we've all done it. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. But I just, it's one of those things that I, it's good to be conscious you know what's about. Sad, it's, like, it's what's sad, What's crazy sad is like, if I came, like, let's say I'm a stranger, you don't know me. I come up to you and we just meet for the first time. Maybe I'm a new employee at work. And I say, you know, we find out we're both Star Wars fans. And I say, man, dude, I loved... I love the last Jedi, man. My favorite part was Canto bite where the, they did that awesome thing with the, with the horse animal. Five years. Oh yeah. Whatever. Um, it is actually the five years. <laughs> and if I said that to Josh, Josh is going to say, Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's, a, that's, that's, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, and he's going to, he's going to respond in a way that's respectful of my opinion. But what do we often expect? We often expect to go, you like Canto bite. What's, what's wrong with you? Are you even a star Wars fan? Like, that's just such an oh, it's just such a horrible way to respond to it. Like, why can't we be excited about people who like those things? Like, if someone yeah, here, here's the way I look at it, and this is this is what I personally love about Brian and I's friendship is that if Brian tells me, okay, that very night, this is the best example. The very night we went over to Justin's, and you started talking to me about Halo Four, and you asked me what I didn't like. I told you everything I didn't like, and then you started talking to me. Now, in that whole time, I could I could tell you loved Halo Four. Now, I didn't know this prior. We hadn't really, we, we had lost touch for a bit and we were kind of catching back up, which was great. So that forced me to really take a step back and think, okay, I never really did like spend too much more time on that personally with Halo 4. Like I just kind of moved on with my life after I beat it, realized I didn't like it at the time. But I saw that Brian liked it. It made me realize maybe I need to reevaluate this because I'm not the only, like there's people out there who like love this. There's people out there who The Last Jedi is their favorite film of star Wars, whereas it's personally my last, but I still love it. I'm glad it's there. So I think with that kind of thing, 
you know, you. Would there be any, would there be really... any chance of you liking Halo Four as much as you do now if the second we started talking about it, I berated you for how stupid you were for not liking it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would have shut the door. On it. Shut that the would door. have made me. Exactly. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. That would have made me just feel like. I shouldn't even vocalize my opinion. It might make yeah. me feel like I can't have a voice in future in future conversations with people. And uh, with, with you, I'm like, man, I just I feel like I'm going to have to walk on eggshells about that topic. So, but I think the good thing is, is like when, when Brian is an example. When Brian might talk to me and say, like, if he said hypothetically, I hate Rise of Skywalker, and I love it. Let's just say I love it. Brian hates it. I'm going to say, okay, okay, man, listen, that's okay. I want you to know that I'm not judging you, but I actually really loved it. And I just, I need to know why you hated it. I'm not judging you. Like I will, I will preface it and Brian would too. I will preface it by saying like, Hey, I'll, I'll try to reassure, like, it's okay to feel that way, but I need to know, to know because I strongly disagree with this, but yeah. I want to have a conversation about it. It's such a despairing difference between the two of us. You want to know why, you know, you're just curious, yes. genuinely curious. Um, but there's just like, like, like we just said though, like there's just nothing to, there's nothing to gain from like, like, bringing someone down on their opinion for that because it's like i know people who are giant halo fans now because they played halo 4 they started with halo 4 they love this series it's their favorite series now because of halo 4 how can you not be excited for people that now love halo as a series because of 4 like even if you don't like 4 even if you don't like 5 if these people came in and are now fans and they're passionate about it because of that, can't what we should celebrate that, you know? Like there's so many people who are gonna love who love Last Jedi. Like Last Jedi is their movie. They're Star Wars fans now because of it. That's just freaking cool, man. That's awesome. Like, so what if they don't have the same opinion about it, you know? But Josh, I feel like just I feel like to sum it up, you know, so so we don't, you know, go around on this forever and we, we're definitely we're gonna go into Halo Reach now. Um, final thoughts. I, I just wanna say that um, you know, for me. Uh, Halo 5, you know, was a disappointment when it came out. I've really come around to loving it, finding the positives in it. Same goes for Josh in The Last Jedi. Um, and we just, we want to continue to look for the positives and things. We want to, I'm titling this section of our podcast, Critical Analysis, because I, I want to analyze, you know, what it means to be critical, because I think being critical is important. I think it's fair. Um, I want to continue to be critical. I mean, Josh and I can be, we can talk about movies. We can be so crit- critical. We can be like, oh, that was awful. Um, because of this, this, if this guy hadn't said this word in this tone, the scene would have been much better. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I must be a Blade Runner 2049. I, I literally like, I feel like that's a perfect film personally, except from one line a lady says. Oh, that's yes, if yes. I'm yeah. So, and then yeah. I actually mentioned it to Creighton and he was like, yeah, I didn't like that line either. And I was like, okay, maybe Josh has a point. Um, but anyways, you know, looking forward to Infinite, looking forward to Rise of Skywalker, looking forward to anything we're excited for. Cyberpunk 2077. You know, any game, any movie, the Xbox Series X, you name it. I'm going to try to go into it with a positive outlook, and I'm going to try to find the things I love about it. And if, you know, if people listening don't want to do that, I think that's completely fair and valid. Um, but let's just be constructive going forward, and let's let's uh, let's discover why why we are the way we are about things. Let's discover why we're so upset, why we are angry about something. It's because we love it. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say, Josh. Final thoughts before we go into Reach? Yeah, here's a good example. If I go into Halo Infinite and that multiplayer is almost tit for tat, like mythic, am I going to be disappointed? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm really going to be disappointed. I'm going to be looking to talk to people about it because I want to share in what is like a little bit of a little bit of some some kind of grief for me because I, I really wanted a next step in Halo 5 multiplayer, you know. But 
I'm going to be looking at it on its own as it is. Because at the end of the day, the important thing to remember, at least for myself, I'm saying this more so to myself, but if people are able to find it applicable, that's great. But if I do not get an evolution of Halo 5's base multiplayer, I can always go back to Halo 5 and play it. Now, I need the community to be able to play that. You know, I can't play that on my own. But that being said, it's still there. It still exists. So for people out there who don't like Last Jedi, there's all those other Star Wars films that still exist and and books and games and movies. You know, uh, we can't let that kind of stuff, whatever we feel upset about or disappointed about, we can't let it like ruin why we love the whole entire spectrum of it in the first place to, to dislike some aspect of it. (laughs) It's kind of good in a way because it, it uh, humbles us as fans, I think. And you can really take a step back and look at things and, and, and be constructive about it without having to be negative. You know, like it's like, like, like Brian's saying with, with critical analysis, you want to take a step back and look at this, from outside the box and not in. And I think you can actually have a lot of interesting conversations with people. The One of the great things about Brian is that he he likes to have these conversations. There's plenty of times uh, I've disagreed with Brian completely on a subject. And even if I can see it in Brian's eyes that he is judging me, he will still want to talk to me with a completely open mind and hear why I feel the way I feel about this specific subject. And he'll go, that's fair. I completely understand. But here's also this. Did you consider that? Or he might say, you know what? That's a really good point. I didn't think about it. One of the great things about Brian too is that he doesn't have a problem admitting when he's wrong. And there have been times when I have been right, even though I'm more often Let me give you guys a really good example. Our MCC retrospective episode, I told Josh I didn't think it was very good. I I told Josh I didn't think it was – I didn't know if we should continue with it because I didn't think it was very good. Those were my honest thoughts. It is our most played episode other than our first. Our first episode, and I, I wouldn't really count that because our first episode, that's where people start. You know, people always go to look there first. So our our most successful independent episode is the MCC retrospective, which I told Josh I didn't think was very good. So I was wrong to the depth degree there. <laughs> yeah. And a couple of days, you know, a couple of days later, like Brian told me, he was like, you know what, Josh, I was wrong about this. And I look at that and I'm like, you know what? I want to be, I want to be similar. I want to make sure I, I, I can say that stuff. Like it, it's going to, it sounds corny and maybe it is, but that basically like how Brian approaches some of those things affected how I approach things. And then I approach that with other people and, and that's it's good. So, so I mean, uh, you know, it, the positivity is good to have. And it's not because when it comes to Halo specifically, I think it's, it's not because like, like he's like Brian made a good point, basically like it, too much positivity and you can seem like a shill. I think that's very, that, that's fair. Yeah. You know, that's, that's fair. But we like to look at these things because overall we're here because we love Halo and we love it so much, but there are aspects of it that we don't like. And you know what? We have fun talking about it. And there are things that we gain. I have learned so much about people loving Halo 4 in the community of Sacred Icon Halo. And it has blown my mind and made me completely want to reevaluate the game. I cannot stand, you guys. I cannot stand how orange the aesthetic in that game is at times. However, I go back and look at it and I'm like, why was that even a big deal for me in the first place? Do I not like it? Yeah, I don't really like it. But should it ruin my experience? No. Like it just seems ridiculous for me personally. It kind of so, goes in the nitpick category, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I think overall, just closing thoughts. I think uh, it's great to really evaluate these things because, yeah, are there things that like like MCC's like initial release was that unacceptable? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, did it warrant people, um, you know, criticisms and stuff? Yes, it did. Did it warrant discussions? Yes, it did. But um, nothing good is going to manifest out of an absolute opinion of this sucks or this is garbage or you killed my childhood or something like that. You can't, you know, it doesn't help anybody. Classic. And, and, George yeah. Lucas has killed more childhoods than I've ever heard. Which is a ridiculous yeah, statement because like you can go back. It's still there. Yeah. Like, come on. All right. But, Halo Reach, Josh. Yeah. We ready? Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Uh, loving this, man. It is crazy. I just have to say before we kind of go into detail on this level that, dude, it is so neat seeing the uh, the, the player count I see on Twitter. Like, I think I, I could be wrong, but I think they said they had three million in their first week, which is just great for a ten year old game, dude. Come on, what? People so, been wanting Halo on PC for a long time, you know. Yeah, but yeah, let's talk about campaign, bud. Uh, well, actually, I really quick, I was just going to ask you, uh, have you played much more Reach multiplayer since? I've been playing, sadly, I've been playing most yeah. of Halo 5's multiplayer. Um, but Yeah, um, this is so... I, I played Reach, yeah. I really enjoyed Reach, but I just feel like Halo 5's... I'm loving this discussion. I definitely have a couple things that I want to say about this. Yes, I know, I have played some Reach multiplayer, I'm going to touch upon that in a minute. But uh, the crazy thing I'm seeing is that some for some reason, uh, between Halo Reach becoming relevant again and mythic arena being relevant in halo 5 even outside of mythic people are going back and playing halo 5 i've seen that on twitter yeah i've seen it a lot and i'm thinking this is awesome now justin and i just spent a couple hours playing it yesterday and i we had the best run i think both of us have had uh whether together independently since all four of us played the beta that one night and i know i told you about that off air but dude i mean it was it was crazy uh i just like we were so communicative and we were really in sync and I had fun and I was like, this is why Halo 5's multiplayer is so much fun to me. Now the other ones still are, but there's just something about like that whole sweaty aspect of it really forces you to, to chat with people. And I love that. So I've been having a lot of fun on that, but to get back to Halo Reach, yes, I played the multiplayer and I am proud to announce that I am a lot better at closing in on my kills than I was in the previous episode because I was really struggling. I don't like the DMR in that as much. But you know what? I still think it's great, and it has been fun. It has been really fun. I played some big team battle maps, and I've had a lot more fun there than in the typical Slayer, just because I do still feel like Reach has a bit more of a casual flow to it. Like it's it's like a it's like it feels like a I would say seventy percent casual, thirty percent competitive. If I was to to grit it, you know. But uh, I want to say real quick that I have ran into a couple other goofy names from multiplayer. I'm going to run run by you, Brian, real quick. Just to get your take on it, you you might be completely deadpanned in the face, but I still want to say some of these, uh, regardless. So let's see. Uh, the first one is Drool and Cool. Drool and Cool. Drool and Cool. What an awesome name. Yeah. Right. Uh, then uh, <laughs> one match, I had someone on my team by the name Stud Muffin. <laughs> like <laughs> I've went by that before. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then I oh no I gotta save that one for last that that one's the best. Uh, then in a following match, I didn't have Stud Muffin, but I had Mister Muffin Tuffin. Mister Muffin Tuffin. <laughs> it surprises me how often people don't care about their gamer tags. Yeah, it's so uh, it's so goofy. Uh, but then I had you. Okay, okay, Brian, you've heard of Donald Duck, right? Yep. Okay, get ready for his cousin, Dorky Duck. Dorky okay. Duck. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, that seems like one of the automatically assigned ones by Microsoft. Yeah, it really does. You know, it had the like some one of those like standard gamer pictures of like the old 360 ones of like the skeleton. I don't understand where like Microsoft that. comes up with those. Like, I, I click, you know, choose a gamer tag for me, and it's like Gooberfield 69. Like, what? 
<laughs> it's just me. Yeah. Uh, in this one, uh, I had the wise doggo. The wise doggo. I have a wise doggo. Mr. Swiss cheese. Mr. Swiss cheese. And drifty cowboy. Drifty cowboy. I'm just kind of expected him to say howdy. Uh, <laughs> I I'm not going to say this one on the air, but it was it was pretty funny. I'll tell you after. Well, why but, is it uh, inappropriate or something? Yeah, it's inappropriate, but it was it made me laugh. Okay. But uh, this one I will say is uh, in all caps. Lift. I'm sorry. Lift for the booty. Lift for the booty. Yeah, but to bring it back and close it out, my favorite one is. Okay, Fudge Boy. <laughs> okay, Fudge Boy. <laughs> I just picture like every time, every time you get killed, you're just saying to that person, "Okay, Fudge Boy." Have you ever seen Matilda, the movie Matilda? Yeah, you talk about the boy with the chuck. That's what I pictured when he said that. Oh okay, my god, fudge that's boy. so iconic. Oh, I want to eat some yeah, fudge now. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, I got to say, guys, uh, you know what? I've been playing Halo 5 multiplayer, like I said, and I have not noticed the same set of like creative names that remind me of the 360 era. I don't know what it is, but man, I got tears in my eyes actually laughing about that. But um, <clears throat> yeah, in Halo Reach, there is definitely like some really goofy names out there. Definitely pay attention to that. And if you guys see any that you think we would laugh at, hit us up at Sacred Icon Halo on Twitter because I love seeing that stuff personally. And Brian gets a good kick out of it too. So anyway, more importantly, let's talk about campaign. Okay, fudge boy. <laughs> when you, Brian, Brian, before you said that, were you internally, were you like, you know, I'm about to say this and I think it's going to be cool. And then it was cool. It and it was cool. Yeah, exactly. People are going to be so sick of that meme. Oh, it's just an internal meme that we're, uh, hopefully it'll become widespread in time. Um, so campaign, we, uh, Josh and I played uh, Tip of the Spear, which opens up with a giant like, like a an, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Tons of warthogs and and falcons and everything rushing. That cutscene is amazing. Yeah, it's a really cool cutscene. Kind of looks like they're going to war, um, and then uh, it puts you into like first play, first person. And in the cutscene, and you're with Cat and a Warthog, and you have to like make a jump over a gap, and you kind of look back and you see the Warthog behind you, full of Marines. They don't quite make it, and they fall off the edge. And it does a really good job of putting you in the moment, putting you in the experience. Um, and then you start out the mission with a grenade launcher, which this is something I didn't see mentioned very often. I, I asked a question a long time ago about most most least used weapons and I, I never really like using the grenade launcher personally josh do you like it you know what i don't per se but i have actually done really well with it in multiplayer mm. like i mean granted you have to to really get that instant kill you have to get it like a direct hit yeah. but like there's times someone's charging at me and like i would not have lived had it not been for that but yeah. overall yeah i can see i feel like i can uh, see why it's only been in halo reach as far as i can recall yeah yeah i'm not a huge fan of it i mean it's just it's cool to have but it's not my favorite weapon um, I, gotta, I want to ask you, real yeah, quick, though, when you first saw that cutscene, like the very first time you're playing Halo Reach, was you like blown away? Because, dude, even watching this now, I'm like, holy crap. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I was I was blown away. My jaw was dropping, but it was at it was at the first person part in the Warthog, not the giant scale war part. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like the part with the mm -hmm. uh, the Warthog in first person. That was the part that really got me. Um, yeah. But yeah, the cutscenes <laughs> in Reach are awesome. The presentation of Reach is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so you start off this mission with cat, you have a grenade launcher, um, you kind of go up this hill, bunch of uh, enemies there to kill a couple shade turrets. And once you clear out that area, Pelican drops off a warthog 
and you take the warthog out to a what would you call this thing? Like it's an anti-air, is that an anti-air thing, right? I think it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, take out this big anti-air gun. It kind of it operates kind of like a scarab, except not as cool and it doesn't move. Um, you you go inside of it, it's like a little base, and you have to destroy the core uh, surrounded by enemies. Um, so you go in there, destroy that, make sure you get out of there before it blows up or you're you're done for. Um, then you kind of move forward, uh, take out a wraith, you go across this bridge, um, go into this next area. Um, there ends up, dude. I gotta say real quick, yeah. if I can slow it down for a quick moment uh going into that base like a cat got me killed so much for me liking cat i'm like i'm about to reconsider and put you at second place for, <laughs> for george because like i should get you killed I, she got i dude because okay you know when you go in that first like the first aa thing whatever that mm-hmm. is and like you have to like destroy that little like thing it's like got like a sh- little like yeah. shield and then you destroy that and then yeah so like it was getting ready to pop off like that thing's getting ready to blow I get in the warthog and cat's just like standing there like, uh, what do I do? And then she turns around, gets in. And by the time she gets in it, like I blow up. You should let her in. She can't die. She just let her- I couldn't, I couldn't let it. No role plan. No Spartan left behind. I couldn't. Yeah. I was, I was invested. So I, well, I was for two more tries and then eventually I was like, see ya, you know, <laughs> and then I had to leave her behind. And I remember I still time wise. Like, what if there's an Easter egg where I was- if you leave her and it blows up, she comes back with uh, two fake arms. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. And you're just like, uh, you know, and she's, she's down on the ground and she's got two fake hands and you're like, let me give you a hand. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, all bad puns aside. Uh, it was, it was pretty cool doing that, but yeah, I eventually like had to just let her go. And my warthog was still so close that by the time I managed to slip away in those brief few seconds, my warthog just did one of those crazy ass flips yep, yep. flying. Uh, and then also when I got to the wraith, dude, like I didn't die too much there, but man, that was tough. I, 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 I forgot like how, those open vehicle sections in those in Halo games is like, dude, it's like uh, very risk and reward. Like, man, like I tend to like to kill every enemy. I don't like leaving them behind unless it's like hey, the, the end of Halo One or Halo Three, where you're just racing. You know, like so when I see a wraith, I could just go past it, go to the next checkpoint, keep going. But I'm like, no, I have to get rid of this wraith. There is a there is a covenant elite in there that I just I cannot allow to live. So yeah. Uh, it creates these long battles and a couple times I die and I'm like, oh, like the checkpoints and stuff. So, but it was fun. I think people, compl- I think though. people complain about the checkpoints when reach first came out. I think they're a little off compared to other halo games. Are they? Okay. But, um, not, a, I, I wouldn't personally be a good gauge on that. Yeah. Um, you eventually get to, uh, another AA gun. Um, similar. There's a lot more, a lot more enemies. I think at this one, a lot more vehicles, um, mm-hmm. pretty much the same concept. Um, go inside, take it out. Uh, destroy the core um, and you clear these out so that they can eventually come in. Who, who comes in? Is it, is it George who comes in? Yeah. George comes in on a Falcon. Uh, well, they drop a Pelican drops off a bunch of Marines. I know to help out there. Um, but then you get to this section, which is kind of new to halo unless I'm forgetting something, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, when you get in the Falcon with George, you go on this, like this ride on rails ride and you have a turret off the, off the side of the, uh, Falcon, was, mm-hmm. and you can choose to get in the left or right side, and depending on which side you're on, um, is which enemies you'll kill. There's different enemies on both sides, um, but uh, you kind of just. I remember, I remember doing this this uh, section on the Falcon. I've actually done this section probably three, four hundred times because back when Reach came out, I wanted to get the new armor, and you could boost credits by doing the Falcon section over and over again. 
to get new armor mm-hmm. pieces. So I used to just do this over and over again because you got so many points for killing everything with that turret. So you do that. You can uh, shoot shoot guys down as you make your way over to the spire and you go into this giant. The spire has this giant like a uh, uh, bubble shield kind of thing around it. And when you enter it, uh, it immediately like kind of sends out. It has like an EMP, so it makes the Falcon crash to the ground. And you go into this really cool cutscene where you're crashing and and uh, flying out of the. Uh, George, as you're going down, George is like, "Make sure you put your armor lock on." And uh, as you crash, you can you kind of get to see yourself in first person tumble around, and and then you come you come back and into gameplay. And George says everyone died, the the Marines or whatever the pilots. So it's just you and George now, and uh, this is your first time, I think, in the campaign getting a jetpack. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think you are. So right. You get the jetpack, and they, they give you the jetpack here because there's a lot of open areas, big, big like tall rocks, uh, platforms, and then the spire itself. I love this part of the game. Yeah, yeah this, is, this, this is this is probably the coolest part of the level. Yeah, yeah. and I want to say real quick that uh, in the whole coming full circle aspect that I think Halo Reach, Halo Reach, Halo, I said Rich. that's a Halo Rich game. <laughs> Halo Rich. <laughs> It's a 10 out of 10. Halo rich. Um, yeah, that part reminds me of Halo CE when you crash land on Halo. Like I got that kind of vibe a bit. Yeah, and exactly. what's cool in the full circle sense is that it's like this time I'm with a friend. And it was just really cool. Yeah. I liked that. But continue. Um, yeah, so you kind of move up this. Uh, so wholesome of me to say Rocky. That. Oh, very wholesome, Josh. You're the most wholesome. <laughs> um, Thank you. You move up this kind of hill with a bunch of rocks, a bunch of enemies um to you see this giant platform in the distance it's called the spire um Mm -hmm. it's we at this point if you're first time playing the campaign you don't know what its purpose is right now you're not supposed to know what its purpose is um but uh you move forward towards that and there's a bunch of enemies and there's enemies on turrets outside the spire and you take them all out and you eventually get into the spire and there's an elevator that takes you way up to the top and what's really cool is you go really 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 high up i don't think anything like this has been done in a Halo game before where like you're the map is it's very high in the air. I mean, the tallest building in any prior map you've been in, it's twice, three times as tall. Um, so you take the elevator all the way to the top and you get up there and there's a bunch of um, enemies, elites. Uh, there's an elite with an energy sword. There's a fuel rod cannon grunts guarding the control panel that has the shield up because uh, your goal is to try to get the shield down. And um, you get up there. And what's kind of cool, I like to sometimes just jump off the edge with my jetpack and just like fall all the way down and then jetpack and land safely. <laughs> and the jetpack makes this level so much fun. Um, but you, uh, yeah, you have to take out the, sometimes that energy sword elite, man, he gets to jump on me and I got to jump off the edge because he's about to slice me. And it's, it's fun flying Let me around. Ask something real quick. What's that? Oh, go ahead. Finish. First. I was going to say, it's, it, no, I was going to say it's fun flying around the jetpack because if you fly up in the air with the jetpack, the energy sword dude just can't do anything. He just stares up at you. It's like, I can't do nothing to you right now. What are you going to say, Josh? Who do you think would win in a fight between a Spartan with a jetpack or Buzz Lightyear? Well, <laughs> I'm smiling when I say this, but Brian isn't really taking this seriously. Is Buzz Lightyear a toy or a real person? Let's say let, he's real. Let's just say he's real. Um, well, I would say since Buzz Lightyear doesn't have any like chemically induced additives to his body or muscular structure, he would just get. Do we know that though? I mean, it's assumed in the Toy Story canon, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Continue, man. I'm sorry. I just 
Uh, when you said jetpack and you're talking about that, I'm literally thinking of like Buzz Lightyear just flying around. We should make Newbie hilarious if we made the outro to this podcast, the the song from Toy Story 1. I could fly if I wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could fly if I wanted to. I'm not Randy Newman, dude. Love him, but what a crazy voice. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so you, you take out the energy sword guy, kill a few guys that are around the control panel. And once you activate the control panel, shield goes down, plays the cutscene, and uh, it seems like it's a really triumphant moment. You all get back. You you there's this cool cutscene where you run off the spire, you jump, and you get you get in the Falcon. Yeah, uh, ooh, man, George is right there, yep. and your hand comes out, and he's like, "Gotcha!" You Got know, you, bro. You um, Why couldn't they just play that scene from? I think is it Predator? I can't remember where they clasp. Oh yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah well, that'd be great. I won't swear. Um, I'd like to try to be friendly and. and polite here on the sacred icon halo podcast uh, but love that line anyway continue yeah, Brian. yeah um but anyways yeah so you get on that and you kind of fly away and you, you feel like it's a real triumphant moment because and and they i think carter says to george like they're gonna fire mac rounds in and then george is like you're gonna fire oh, mac rounds yeah. in orbit and he's like yeah we you know we got to and so they fire mac rounds to destroy the spire like the whole goal was to destroy the spire mm-hmm. and this giant frigate uses its macaron to destroy the spire. And as soon as it does that, it reveals that the spire was actually a cloaking mechanism to cloak a giant covenant ship that's right above reach that they had no idea was even there. So the second they destroy it, this humongous covenant ship that's like the size of like 10 plus frigates um, immediately just shoots a beam through the frigate and destroys it and everyone on it. And then it's kind of this like, oh crap moment for the for noble team. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I think I really want to talk about this part. Are, are, are you going to talk about the moment when they're in the cave? No. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. What are you going to say? I, I just want to say, like, I that moment is horrifying. Yeah, it really just is. I mean, it's like holy crap. the ship, and like, you know what it reminds me of is Independence Day. Like, just in terms of the scale of the ship, like it's just, like massive, and it really is in that moment playing it that I can feel as a player that okay, this is a game that's going to be. A uh, slippery downhill slope. Yeah, you know, like because when you're first playing it, you don't really know. Like you have an idea of how you think it's going to end, but you also don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you know going on that destination is going to lead to, but you don't know how you're going to get there. Yeah, because I feel like this is really that moment specifically is that moment playing through the campaign where you're like everything up to that point seems like okay, this could go either way, and that's the definitive moment yeah. where it's like, man, well, they gave it what the definitive moment to me, and I, I think. Everyone who's listening to this has played Reach. I don't mind spoiling, but I'm going to spoil a few missions ahead real quick just in case you want to jump ahead a minute in this podcast. But for me, the real oh crap moment is when George sacrifices himself to blow up that very same ship we just saw. And immediately after doing so, like a dozen plus more of those exact same size ships warp in. That's completely that fair. Point, I think that's the more. Like, There's just no way. We have just no way we're going to win. I feel like, okay. If I was to debate that, I would say I feel like the only reason that is more renowned is because it's emotional, whereas this one isn't as much. Because I feel like they're both kind of two sides. I mean, they both they both play into it for sure. So, because yeah, it's just it's just that moment where you're just like, man, like they they're giving it everything they got and these sacrifices and and these different things they're doing they wouldn't normally do. Like, oh, in orbit, you know, it's not something they would normally do, and it was not enough, and it had this kind of like twist in the like Brian, like you said in the whole like big big massive what looked like a mothership basically you know and then you have that part later on yeah where george sacrifices himself and you see like man it really was for nothing pretty much and it just sad but yeah. go ahead bud 
It's just a cool moment. It's a cool moment. But I think I think the I think I'll save the portion of the cutscene where they talk in the cave for the next episode because I believe because they talk about what's about to happen in the next episode. So I think that accompany that better. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, like the next mission. You're yeah, saying? that's next mission. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the next mission, to my recollection, and I'm going to replay it and find out. But to my recollection, the next mission is my favorite mission of the entire um, Halo Reach campaign. Um, so it's the um, what's that mission called, Josh? Do you remember what the next mission is called? Is that Long Night of Long Night of Solace? That's my favorite mission in the game. Um, but Josh, what would you give um, Tip of the Spear out of ten? Hmm, seven. I'm gonna say seven too. And now I've said seven for the last three missions. Only the first mission was weaker. Um, I think I said four for the first one. I think. I think I said six. Yeah, I think so. Or the second one. I think I said eight for the third and i said seven for this one so yeah yeah so yeah it's just been very consistent from it's a very consistent game overall mm-hmm. so the first mission was a little weaker um given the last three sevens so this is sevens too um but yeah any final thoughts on that mission uh josh before we move into correct me if i'm wrong we're we moving into questions and answers yeah yeah we are uh final thoughts very fun mission um i don't like it as much as nightfall yeah just because like i love this whole the sort of like stealthy aspect the the homage that doesn't feel too on the nose but uh you know i I think in scale like it's just halo reach is a fun campaign because each level out does the last and i think this is where it really starts to open up in terms of the scale and the the cause and effect of everything while i enjoy the i I really do enjoy taking out the aa guns for me it's just a little lackluster because it feels like we're doing the same thing as a scarab except it's not moving so it feels like a i can see it's kind of a nitpick really but yeah it's kind of how i see it um but yeah, anyways, you ready for questions and answers, Josh? Absolutely, man. One of my favorite sections of the show. Okay. Yeah, same here, man. And again, thank you guys. Um, we have had so many answers. Brian has asked so many awesome questions. Getting on there and seeing that uh, is is cool. And these are the kind of, like, I know I've said this before, but these are the kind of conversations Brian and I were always having at home. We, he'd have it with Justin and Creighton, with myself. Yep. And it was just like, dude, getting to see, you know, as, as friends of Brian – it's one of those things that like sometimes you don't know, like, are we enjoying this because we're his friends? But then you see all these other people who don't necessarily know Brian personally that really love these questions. And it's like we part we personally like Justin and I were just talking about this the other day, how we just we knew this was always a side of Brian that would like conversationally get get things, get get people thinking and talking and stuff like that. And it's just fun to see that. So thank you, guys. Uh, he's going to go over, I think, what, two questions? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, so I, really I mean, appreciate what you said. I, I really do appreciate it. The only, the only unfortunate thing is, and I mentioned this on Twitter, so it's not the first time I said it, but like, okay, Josh and I started Sacred Icon Halo to to do this podcast, and the the Twitter is is the Twitter and the Twitter questions are, are more, our our podcast is doing very well. Lots of people are listening to it, but uh, the Twitter and the Twitter questions are are probably our staple that we're known for right now. <laughs> Oh, it's it's great though. I mean, it's great. It brings other people to get to actually listen to us because they get to see us on there, and uh, it's just fun because it's more or less what we're talking about on the show. Yeah. I mean, getting into that critical analysis section, even it's just more or less the same thing that we would get yeah. questions about on there. But yeah, so what questions have you picked out for us, Brian? And what did they say? The first question I picked out was I asked which would you, which would send you into a shock quicker. Halo Infinite is the first Halo game to not have a drivable warthog, or it's the first Halo to not have a human pistol. Josh, what are your thoughts on that? What would you choose? What would send me into more of a shock? Yeah. What would send you into more of a shock? No Warthog or no pistol? Not 
No pistol. No pistol. Got to have the pistol, huh? Well, I just, I think there's been so many different vehicle iterations. I think, I mean, it's a great question because I think both are very iconic staples to Halo in the playground. But uh, I I don't know. I've just seen so many different kinds of vehicles. I feel like they could easily do something. Like they, they literally had the, the vehicle in Reach in the very first mission that doesn't actually have a turret, yet they have George on there using a turret. Yeah. Like, you know what? I will say real quick, like I think it'd be cool in multiplayer like to have an option like that. If you have one of those mounted like turrets and you, you detach it, you know, and stuff like that, you could hop on a yeah. back of a vehicle like that and do that. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's a tough call. It would be awful. Sure. awful. I, I feel like the Warthog is more, like more iconic. But for gameplay purposes, not having a pistol would be kind of odd. But then again, Halo 2 and 3's pistol doesn't get used that often. Mm, you make a good point. You know what? I might have to switch over to the Warthog. It's tough. That's the tough That's one. why I picked him, man. You know what? <laughs> Here's the thing. Like when it comes to the pistol to play Devil's Advocate, you have Battle Rifle. You have DMR. You have a lot of these weapons that kind of act somewhat similarly in terms of like range and, and stuff like that. And I'm more so thinking of like CE's pistol and, and Halo 5's pistol. But like a lot of other times the pistol more often than not has been kind of a secondary item. It's been a kind of a throwaway weapon in a lot of other Halo's like two and three, namely. So the, yet the warthog has always been fun to use. You know what? I got to go with the warthog because That's what I'm dude, going with yeah. dude, you know, like thinking about coagulation and running around on warthogs. I can remember our lamb party dude. Uh, and like you and Kyle would get in there and just do the goofiest stuff. And you guys, to be fair, were like, running a train on people for a while yeah. and it was like i remember like i wouldn't tell creighton because you guys were right next to us but like i remember just i would push for the rockets a lot because i was like i have to just sort of more or less shut you guys up i have to <laughs> shut you guys down so <laughs> i have to stop it like, you guys yeah. were on a, you guys would go on running riots more or less just doing that yeah. stuff so yeah warthog cool yeah no, I, I good agree. point though um good example of different perspectives anyway what what did, what did some people say first response we have is from nathan Chromatic, he is at underscore chromatic underscore. He says, if we're talking Halo 3 Magnum, yeah, I don't care. However, if we're talking a pistol cut in development that was comparable to the Halo Combat Evolved Powerhouse or Halo 2 Hidden Gem, which that's interesting because I never thought of Halo 2's pistol Hidden Gem, then I'd be shook. Regardless, Halo not having its hog is like Pokemon with no Pikachu. It's just too iconic. <laughs> you know what? I could see Halo 2's pistol as a dark horse amongst all the others. Yeah. It was still good, but it wasn't – it was uh, hard to still kill people. It was still very, very difficult. Like I, I don't remember too often unless you're playing like zombies in Halo 2, like really being able to to feel like, okay, with this weapon I can kill somebody. Like I can beat them despite yeah. them having a battle rifle. So, yeah, that's – that's yeah, I, I, it's got to be the Warthog for me. I, I'm with him. Yeah. Um, yep. Next one is from Bacon8180. He is at Bacon8180. And he says, Halo without a Warthog is like a beer without alcohol. Just wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of not wrong. Halo, I mean, there's never been a Halo game without a Warthog. I don't drink personally, but uh, that's fair. I could understand that. That's like me trying to drink uh, soda. That's diet. Yeah. I'm just like, Rah. a lot of nope. So I need a lot to- of nope. Yeah. Yep. Um, next one. I picked this one out because the the pessimisticness of it I just found hilarious. Okay. Uh, I think I mentioned this to you before, but uh, this is from Ben Rhodes. He is at Albino Machina, um, and he says, and I'm going to read it in this voice because this is how I pictured him saying it. After all these years of Halo Five, I'm honestly sick of the pistol. It wouldn't have bothered me at all if they removed it entirely or nerfed it into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's like 
I'm sick of the pistol, guys. Get rid of it. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I mean, yeah. look. I mean, the pistol is the I, main I, I, we- like kind of the main weapon of Halo Five, right? I mean. Yeah, I respect it. Yeah, yeah, I, I respect that because, like, yeah, in Halo Five, it's actually your starting weapon. Like, I think you start out with that, not the like, like your secondary is the assault rifle, not the other way yeah. around, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, and you feel powerful with the pistol. Like, I, that is my, that is my favorite Halo pistol of all pistols. I think I love Halo CEs, but it's it's OP. Let's be real. I mean, see, we love it for that my reason. favorite, but it's because it's OP. Like if I have to, be, exactly. if I have to choose like the one that was properly done, it's five. Yeah, I love I love fives, and uh, you know what? I can go up to anybody with a, another weapon and still feel like I can take them down with that. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I get it though. It's it's been done to death, and you you have every Halo game it comes with is the at this point it feels like we're always like asking the question: Is the pistol good? Yeah. Or is it not? So, Warthog is always, Warthog is always there. So this is a quick one. Um, Conte underscore Easy N at Conte Be Stopped Seven says, both would result in me attacking the game disc with a sledgehammer. <gasps> so, <laughs> uh, definitely make sure we don't remove either one of the. Dude, you know what that reminds me of? Yeah. That one video we have not talked about on the show. I can't remember who did it on YouTube. But they're like, are you guys ready to play Halo? Oh, yeah. Well, they- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then they just like the disc is like breaking and stuff like that. I showed oh, you God. that yeah. while we were in line, when we were in the car in line at Taco Bell. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I don't remember the first time you showed me, but I remember that yeah. you showed me. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I loved it. But yeah, man. Ouch. Crazy. I don't believe that. But hey, man, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um. <laughs> Next one is from a, uh, a community member who's very active, who I uh, see, I publicly apologize because I felt so bad um, because I wasn't sure based off the icon. Um, this is at Missa Red 24. She, she oh, yeah, Missa. She is a woman. She's awesome. Before, I wasn't sure if it was a, a man or a woman just because I'm going off of Twitter handles. So on one hand, I don't blame myself. On the other hand, I apologize for not knowing beforehand. Uh, but she's very awesome, very active in our Discord and, and retweeting and commenting. She's been very helpful. Thank you. Uh, this is so great. Right. You, can, you can definitely see her enthusiasm. Um, so, it's so great. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and I like I like she has different opinions on on Halo. Like she loved she loved Five Story and um, she wasn't a big fan of – I'm trying to think. If it was in Discord. She said something along the lines of – I think she wasn't a fan of the Xbox One series – or Xbox Series X console. I don't know. I have to get back, I have to get back to her on that. But uh, mm-hmm. cool opinions for sure. Um, she yeah. says – you are pure evil by asking this question. Evil. <laughs> LOL. Okay. Um, well, if I had no other choice, a non-drivable warthog, because I mean, I like the pistol, but I like the BR better. So if I lost that, it wouldn't bother me. But no warthog, yeah, that would bother me. So good yeah. point. Good point. You got the BR. Well, it's starting this is starting to seem mostly one sided here. Yeah, I mean the warthog is just it's so iconic, but yeah, you yeah. got other options yeah. for the Pistol. Uh, the pistol. Yeah, exactly. Next one is from Chin Fu at German MU10. No Warthog, later Halos. Oh, okay. No, right, let, me, let me back to that. He says, no Warthog, later Halos. The Magnum either became poop or stupid good. <laughs> so he's not wrong because we kind of just talked about that. Uh, Halo 3 pistol is pretty bad. Halo 2's iffy. 1's OP. Uh, Reaches is good. 4's is good. 
fives is really good. Hey, man, that M12 LRV Warthog is old reliable to all of us, so I understand. It's funny how I started out with my answer on this and just changed it yeah. in the snap of a finger because that's a very good even, point. Even, it's either been poop or it's been too good. However, I think Halo 5 struck the best balance with it. I really do. For Oh, for the pistol? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, but um, another another uh, awesome community member we have interacting with us a lot. Uh, we mentioned her before, uh, Kirsty for Halo. Uh, she is at in a day or two with five O's, which is funny because when I read off that oregano, in a day on two yeah, I say when I read off the oregano post, I did oregano, but I should be doing in a day or two, in a day or two. <laughs> Just like that. Uh, yeah, exactly. And this actually I have quite a bit to say because we had a little back and forth here. I thought it was interesting. It was funny. Okay. Um, she says, this is tough. They're both iconic to Halo. Both have been there from the beginning. When I think about Chief's signature weapon, I realize it's the AR, so losing the pistol wouldn't necessarily be losing his go-to. All this to say, I would be more shocked about the Warthog. And then I responded, haha, you make a very fair point. I contemplated saying the AR instead. Because like you said, it's Chief's iconic weapon, but it's already not in Halo 2, so I didn't mention it. Then she says, let's see here. That's true. I forgot they sort of used the SMG instead. I think I still got to go with the Warthog, which each game doesn't have an epic run. They all feature... Oh, while each game doesn't have an epic Warthog run, they all feature Warthog heavy levels. And I said, absolutely. Plus, I think if the Warthog was still in the game but not drivable, it would be torture. Uh, and she said, I can just picture walking up to it and hitting RB over and over and over again and trying to get in. Like, What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that. And then I said, haha, even worse, you can ride it and it's exclusively Ha-ha. driven by Halo 2 Marine AI. Can you imagine, dude, if the only way to be in the Warthog was to be having it driven by Halo 2 Marine AI? It'd be awful. Ouch. Um, dude, but then I she, says, in she says, I think you discovered what Halo Hell would be like. <laughs> yeah, I saw that comment. And I laughed. I genuinely laughed out loud at that. So yeah, that was great. That was good. Good, good back and forth there. Doug. Nice to see so much warthog love. Yeah, I mean the warthog. It's just it's a staple. Halo. It's synonymous with like just like the assault rifle, right? Like yeah. in chief, like a man. Except it's crazy to think they did not have the assault rifle in Halo Two. That's just so crazy. Yeah, it's weird when you look back on that. All right, for the next question, Josh. Yeah, man. Definitely some good answers in that. Definitely seem uh, very one-sided. So wait to hear I'm question. actually kind of glad before we got into the answers that I really changed my yeah. perspective. Yeah. But it, but it's good hearing that stuff because it definitely opens me up to it. So yes, what's our second one? Uh, I said, with games losing their exclusivity left and right, Microsoft pushing Game Pass on several platforms as well as releasing games on PC and Switch, it's not the craziest idea in the world that we could see Halo on the PlayStation one day. If this happened, how would you feel? Uh, yeah. Josh, what's your honest feelings if placed if Halo went to place was on PlayStation as well? At first, I would be bothered by it, but I would get over it because I want there to be more people to be able to play Halo. I would love crossplay to be a thing. But personally, that's me being objective. I can admit that I would be bothered by it because I'm like, no, I want I want Xbox to have some of its exclusives. I do like I, I okay. I want there to be a very cohesive like future when it comes to gaming. However, I do still think the competition from a consumer standpoint needs to be there because we benefit as gamers and it's going to up them trying to outdo one another. And PlayStation has done a great job with its AAA titles this generation. So uh, them getting Master Chief, which is so iconic to us, would 
you know, that that's such a staple of Xbox and that would be tough to let go. Yeah. But I mean, long, at the same time, long story short, man, I, I would be sad to see Halo be on PlayStation just because it, it is so synonymous with Xbox and it just feels so important to Xbox because it is so important to Xbox. But ultimately, I think the right answer is to make it cross-platform because, you know, everyone gets to experience it. So, Yeah, I see both sides of that for sure. It's hard to swing one way. First response I got was from what defense uh, at – I should probably just go by the handles from now on because people change their titles all the time. But uh, at Westside underscore SC – um, he says that would kill the console completely. Why buy an Xbox when I can play all their games plus Sony games on the PlayStation? I mean, it's a reasonably good point. Um, I, I think in this, I can't remember. We might get into this with a couple more answers, but because uh, some people had mentioned, you know, well, if we got a PlayStation exclusive on Xbox, then it would be worth it. Um, but he's right. If, if Microsoft just put all their games on PlayStation and none of the other way around, it would kind of make it seem like why buy an Xbox, right? Yeah. Now maybe there's something I'm not, I'm not thinking of, but I think that's a good point because here's the thing. Yeah. Like if all that stuff is available, it's almost like, it's almost like they become what Sega is now Yeah. and they're a developer and they're not someone who actually makes consoles. Exactly. They just make games. So I think you would run that risk. But I think if you were to look at it, which I did see a lot of people say this, um, you know, maybe if we can sort of trade and get like an exclusive series of PlayStation, like let's say they're like, okay, Xbox is like, hey, we're going to give you guys the you know Master Chief. We're going to give you Halo. Can you guys give us Nathan Drake? Yeah, that's a huge series. People love the Uncharted series. I like it personally. So I think something like that could be potentially cool for sure. You know, a nice little a weird kind of trade. Yeah. So yeah, that could that aspect could be cool. Uh, next question or next answer comes from Manus. He is or he or she is at Manu nine six two K. Honestly, don't want that to happen, but I mean, it's already on PC. Might as well port to PlayStation or Switch. 343i and other Xbox game studios could use the revenue to fund more awesome games. Even if it happens, I'm always team green. More or less what Josh and I said, I think it's... Dude, I think that is like a great... Go ahead. I think that's a great uh, answer. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just I I think that's a great answer. I like how that was worded. Like I'm I'm team green as well. I love PlayStation so much. So much. I'm gonna get a PS5. But you know, my heart's my heart's with Xbox. Yep, I hear you, man. Totally. Um next one is from we've had we've had him before. This is Cameron. He's at classy underscore ending. Okay. Um I just want everyone and anyone to be able to play Halo. It is a game that creates more than it will ever destroy. I would love to be able to play Halo with all my friends who play on PS4 slash PS5. I just picked this one because I like I love what he said about it is a game that creates more than it will ever destroy. And that kind of harkens back to what we talked about earlier, where for all the things people complain about in Halo or don't like, you know, Halo has brought far more joy and positivity and good things than it's brought bad. So Yeah, dude. I think that is super wholesome. Like I really like that answer. Yeah. It's like again, uh I think uh I think I messed up my wording before, but objectively, like it's it'd be hard to let go. But uh, or sub, I think I think I meant to say that as subjectively, it'd be hard to let go. But objectively, like yeah, more people would really get to play it, and we would all benefit from it. Yep, hundred percent. Um, next answer is from at cool hand or underscore cool hand says if that happened, I'd be happy to know that the player base for the multiplayer component would be significantly increased. However. I would be a little concerned about the marketing of the Xbox console to attract interest in if other consoles maintained exclusivity of their games. So he's basically saying that 
if PlayStation kept their games and Microsoft gave up theirs, what would make anyone want to go on Xbox? And I think we talked yeah. about that. Here's the thing. I think that's a good answer too, because that comes down to two things. I think one, uh, best case scenario on this, I think the only way that could really work hypothetically is that we'd have to, a trade would have to happen. Yeah. You know? Like one, like Halo would go cross plat, uh, an exclusive series on PlayStation would go cross plat. But um, I think also it wouldn't necessarily be as bad if Xbox had more AAA exclusives. I think if they were running tit for tat yeah. in competition with PlayStation right now, I think it, it even though Halo is our baby on Xbox, uh, I think it would be a little bit easier to be like, okay, you know what? Let's let's do this and maybe we'll bring more people over to the Xbox. They'll get to see like, you know what? Oh my God, like this Halo series seems really cool. What kind of other stuff does Xbox have? And go check it out. But the thing is, is that we don't really have a plethora right now uh, of those kind of titles. And we have a lot of sequels, but not a lot of original IPs, which is what Sony's been pumping out. So I think looking at it from that perspective, it's easy to see why people are are feeling that it's hard to let go. Yeah. So that's a very good answer. Um, very last response I have. I picked this one just kind of kind of kind of funny because I've done something mm-hmm. like this. It says, "This one's from um, at vengeful vadam, a vengeful underscore vadam." Says, "I used to watch my Blu-ray copy of Halo Legends on my PS3. So yeah, bring Halo to PlayStation. LOL." <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I think I watched Halo Legends on my PS3 and it was like, this feels wrong. You know what? There's some weird sense of like feeling of like disloyalty when like maybe I'm on my PlayStation and I go on YouTube to watch an Xbox video or I'm on my Xbox and I'm watching like the a PlayStation conference. Right. You know, it's it's, it's it's a weird feeling, but like it's cool. Like I, I, <laughs> it's cool, funny but it is an issue because it's, it's not. Yeah, it, it is funny. Um, Josh, are you ready for me to go into some business? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, guys, uh, we have a website dedicated to Sacred Icon Halo. It's sacrediconhalo.com. Uh, we have some uh, information about what we stand for as a podcast. We have uh, little bios on each of the people involved helping make this a reality. Um, we have a blog section with some some articles I written. Or I, some articles I written. That don't will make no sense. That don't make no sense. Uh, I need to get my <laughs> stuff together here. My, my wife is an English professor and I talk like this. What's wrong with her, Don't let her and know. me? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, go to sacrediconhalo.com. Good stuff there. It's uh, The link is on our, our Twitter page. Uh, we have a Patreon for support there. Uh, if you guys want to support us monetarily, here's the cool thing. We only offer one tier and it's $1 and it's the sacred tier. We call it becoming sacred. If you want to become sacred, and offer that further support monetarily by throwing $1 there. That option's there. We'd love it. It'd be great. But at the same time, uh, you can support us many other ways that are just as good, if not better. Uh, You can retweet our stuff. You can share the podcast. Um, Just listening, just being a part of the community. Uh, We're here because we're passionate about Halo, and uh, we plan to be here for quite some time. And it's going to be awesome, like, taking this roller coaster all the way to Halo Infinite launch with you guys. So, that's pretty much my pitch and I'll take over to Josh and he can take us out. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning on there is a discord for us. Oh, I forgot the discord. Ah, man, I really bit the bullet there. I can't forget. Okay. You go ahead. Pitch that discord, Josh. (laughs) Guys, if you want to talk about, you know, just anything halo, even in anything in general, like if you want to talk to me and chat Brian up about star Wars, man, and you just, you know, you don't feel like Twitter's the place, man. Hey, 
come over to our Discord. The link is people. there on the website. We? Yeah, we got quite a few people in there, and, and we get some conversations going, and, and it's really fun. And, and seeing you guys interact with one another is something that is especially cool for us because that's what we want. Like we want within the Sacred Icon Halo community, we want people to to form friendships and, and people to play together, and just a lot of cool conversations to come out of that stuff, you know. And, and that's it's cool seeing that being a fly on the wall sometimes you know when brian and i are working and we get back home and we we check this stuff out it's nice to see that there's discussions going on so uh, definitely don't miss out on that and and check it out uh, you can do so on the website like brian mentioned but uh guys if you're wondering where you can listen to us oh i'm sorry josh i interrupted your final i'm sorry man i want to mention one more thing because i forgot i'm so offended I'm sorry man i apologize no you're good you're good buddy uh spartan company on halo 5 we didn't put that in the notes no, we didn't. We, but you know what? That's worth. Mentioning. Yeah, we have. We've we've made a few posts on Twitter about it. We've got I think thirty eight ish people. You can have up to a hundred people in your Spartan comp, Spartan company. It's for uh, Halo Five specifically. It's the uh, Sacred Icon Halo Spartan company. Um, I'm guessing they're going to carry that forward into Halo Infinite. I'm guessing there's going to be some kind of Spartan company there. So maybe you're thinking, ah, I'm playing MCC right now. I'm playing Reach. I don't really care about Spartan company. But you think you might want to be in Sacred Icon Halo Spartan company for Infinite. Um, you're more than welcome to come in. Um, we have over 50 spots available. Just send us uh, a tweet or a direct message, either Josh or I or Sacred Icon Halo, and we will make sure we get you in that Spartan company. Everyone's invited to the Spartan company, the Discord, website, everything. Uh, we're all inclusive here, and we try to respond to every single person in some way, or shape, or form. Um, we, you know, we're not anymore. We're just another part of this community, and you guys are all part of the community, and we want to be uh, we want to have everyone involved. So that's my final pitch. I'm going to take it over to Josh and I'm not going to say another word. It's all Josh. <laughs> no, you're good. It's worth it. That was so worth mentioning because you know what guys, like, I don't know if they're going to bring back clans. I, I know a few Halo two, uh, multiplayer guys and gals out there, like having clans, uh, and clan matches in Halo two was, was fun, you know, and it didn't really, I don't, I don't think it's made it in the subsequent sequels that we've gotten. I could be wrong, but just as a hypothetical in case they were to do that maybe you want to be part of the group and uh we would love to have you guys and and i would love to man i love the idea of just getting a group of us together and and having a clan match against some other clan you know sacred icon halo against like 343 or just whomever you know like i just think that's such a fun a fun idea so but yeah definitely definitely let us know with, the, with your gamer tag and stuff like that and we'll get you in uh, definitely so but you guys if you're trying to find us and you're like hmm where else can i find you where's convenient well, guys, we are pretty much everywhere. We have visited every bit of the country, every bit of this world, okay? We're, we're trying to get ourselves, like when Mars gets colonized, you can bet that there's going to be a sacred icon. Mars exclusive podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're so, we're so proud of that. You know, when it happens. <laughs> but uh, you guys can find us on Anchor, on Spotify, Google Podcasts. But also my personal favorite, Apple Podcasts. So you guys can find us anywhere. I mean, we're, we're also a couple other places like Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and things like that. But if there is a place that you prefer to listen to your podcast and we're not on, give us a shout out. You can do so at Sacred Icon Halo on Twitter. Uh, you can also do that to Brian personally at Brian's Bane or myself at Jovial Joshi. If you want to write in, you have some questions, you can do so by emailing us at sacrediconhalo at gmail.com. We'll read it off on the show. We would really love that. You know, it's, it's fun to do the Q&As too, but if you want to write something personally, uh, you can do that. Uh, but also, have you guys ever wanted a fresh new perspective on Halo? We got you covered. Brian's wife, Erica, has been playing through Halo the first time. 
And let me tell you, it's pretty freaking cool. She has some unpopular opinions. She has some common opinions, but it is really cool. Let me tell you, listening to some of that and hearing things like she didn't like, what was it? The warthog, Brian? She didn't like yeah, the warthog? Yeah, if she, she was answering that question, she'd be getting rid of the warthog for sure. She don't like it. Yeah, she, she, chooses was, the she, she didn't like the warthog. And I think everyone seeing that was like, whoa! Like, how do you not like the warthog in that? Well, excuse me, princess. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want a, a fresh take on that, check her out at Erica Plays Halo. She's got videos up on there, and, and she's, she gives her thoughts on that. It's really, really cool, and it's it's really great uh, that Brian's kind of introducing her to that and, and walking her through it, kind of stuff like that. So it's fun. Definitely check it out. Oh, we got a lot of stuff there, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun to be in Halo. It's really cool. This has been a really relevant uh, period for Halo, and I'm really cool to see this sort of renaissance happen just within the community. I see a lot of positivity. I see a lot of uh, just socializing going on, and, and there's just so much to love about Halo, and it's great to see it. Uh, just the spectrum of it on on, on Twitter and your guys's feedback and your guys's uh, support, your guys's answers. It's just been so much fun. It, it has been great. So thank you so much, guys. And as always, he's Brian. I'm Joshua. And you've been listening to the Sacred Icon Halo Podcast. Keep it sacred. Peace, guys.